Secretary Theresa May will chair a meeting of the government's emergency COBRA committee to discuss Britain's response to the attack. David Cameron has offered France the help of Britain's intelligence agencies to investigate the killings. Routine surgery will continue to be cancelled at Bedford Hospital due to an unprecedented demand on the service. Health bosses say the number of emergency admissions have increased by 25% since Christmas. More from Sophie Solaria. The majority of Christmas cases involved patients over the age of 80. The surge has resulted in the hospital having very limited space for new admissions from A&E. All routine surgery has now been postponed until further notice. However, David Cameron's denying that the NHS is in crisis and says while the system's facing unprecedented demands, it's coping. Tesco is set to announce that it's cutting prices for hundreds of branded products. It follows similar cuts by Asda and Sainsbury's, the Harvard-based supermarket group, which will reveal its performance over Christmas later this morning, has seen falling sales, profit warnings and accounting problems over the past year. Two drug companies have attacked the decision by a government fund to stop providing some of their cancer treatments to new NHS patients. One of the companies, ASI, recently opened a new multi-million pound manufacturing plant in Hatfield for a new cancer treatment. Gary Hendler is the president of their global cancer division. We were given minutes to present our case to the panel and even less time to get the verdict. So we just think the whole process was totally unfair and unjust and basically a knee-jerk reaction based on the cancer drug fund overspend. In sport, Luton resumed League Two action this evening with a televised match at home to fellow promotion hopeful Shrewsbury. New loan striker Jaden Stockley is set to make his debut, and Oldham are hoping to complete the signing of convicted rapist Ched Evans today. Owner Simon Corney says Evans has served his time. The weather, rain clearing this morning to leave sunny intervals and scattered heavy showers. Dry this afternoon, a maximum temperature 10 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. What are you doing in here? Looking at this pen, it's really sticky on the end. Do you know why? Uh, yeah, I had to have a... Um, I had to clean it out. Oh, I just... Not the pen. Oh. I need something long and... I'll just spin that. Thank you. Waste of a good pen. Morning, Kels. Good morning, Ian. What's she doing in here? I'm not really sure. I have news to impart, but we can do a song first. OK. What song do you want to do? The Kinks. The Kinks. No, I thought you were going to sing a song. Oh, no. Lots coming up on the show. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Here's Radio. The thing, though, while you're listening to the kinks, I'm really getting into 80s kinks. It's a very dangerous territory. The 80s were very unkind to a lot of 60s bands. I refer you to the the majority of the Beach Boys output from the 1980s. Although nothing is as bad, and and maybe one day, the next time we have a bank holiday, we'll play this, nothing is as bad as the 12-minute disco song the Beach Boys did. Twelve, it's got a monkey in it. It's got a monkey in an it. An actual monkey. There's an a- no, there's an actual monkey. There's a bit in it where they go to the bridge and you hear a monkey go... <laughs> in it. It's the mo- It's 12 would, minutes. No, ordinarily, that would always make a song better, wouldn't it? it I love it. But it's a, imagine a 12-minute disco song by the Beach Boys in 1979, two years after disco had peaked. Mm. They got booed off stage playing it in New York. Anyway, I'm digressing. 
Why was we talking? Why were we talking about that? Because eighties kinks. Oh yeah, eighties. Anyway, we'll have some eighties kinks. It's dangerous territory, but I'm I'm charting a path that you can all follow. Anyway, while you're listening to this, apart from having a little boogie. Go to facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr and there is a video that we have posted up there that's kind of pertinent to what we were talking about in the show. It's me and Justin walking through Luton holding hands. Have a look at that, have a listen to this and then we'll talk about something else. that um, 12 minute Beach Boys song one day it really is something to behold can we just play the monkey bit yeah yeah okay I'll dig it out and we'll just play the monkey bit's brilliant anyway uh, Bedford Hospital let's let's do some news shall we that's uh, kind of what some people think we're here for Bedford Hospital is still cancelling all routine surgery as it battles to deal with what bosses are calling unprecedented demand big part of the problem seems to be the number of frail elderly patients being admitted after Christmas. Oh, Catherine, you've got more detail. Tell me, tell us what we know. Well, health bosses at Bedford Hospital say that the number of emergency admissions since Christmas has increased by 25% and the majority of those cases involve very frail elderly patients over the age of 80. 
The surges resulted in the hospital having very limited space for new admissions from A&E. And so all routine surgeries, you say, has been postponed until further notice, as well as a range of planned outpatient and diagnostic clinics. The hospital's done this to free up resources for those most in need. And you also know they've drafted in GPs. Yeah, Stephen Conroy, the chief executive, uh, regular on the show. What has he had to say about well, this? Well, he is reminding the public that the hospital remains incredibly busy and uh, has been saying that staff are continuing to focus their efforts on making sure they provide the best possible care to those who need it but they need the support of local people by using their common sense and not coming into A&E unless it's a real emergency although this begs the question what is a real emergency and how do you recognise it when you're in it? Stroke, heart attack, broken finger Stuart Lloyd's an emergency consultant at Bedford Hospital, so it seems like he's the best placed man to be able to diagnose yep. an emergency. He told us that A&E departments are there for people with life-threatening and emergency conditions such as heart attacks, strokes, breathing problems and serious accidents. Um, he also, this is a statement, a large number of patients who attend A&E with minor injuries and illnesses could be treated elsewhere, so we are urging people to consider other NHS services first, such as their pharmacy, local walk-in centre or GP. Doing so will help us to focus our attention on the most seriously ill patients. You kind of wonder whether your GP could sort out a broken finger. Pharmacists also, um, they weren't very happy about this, were they? Because no. they're, they're, with the greatest respect, they're scientists. They're not doctors. And the are times, they scientists? The times I've taken my daughter... Because this started with uh, GP surgery, suggesting you go and consult pharmacists first. The times I've taken my daughter in to see a pharmacist and said, could you have a look at this? They've always said, well, I think it might be that, but you're better off consulting your doctor. Yeah. People don't want to take the chance and take the responsibility and also, for people. I, uh, if th- I have a concern about my son and I don't... I'll, I'll probably go to A&E. If, you know, if it's something that has just happened, I'll probably go to A&E, because you don't want to take the risk with kids. Uh, there's been clashes in the Commons over this. One of the papers today um, having a go at Ed Miliband for making this political. Well, there's an election coming up, and I, I guess it is political, isn't it? Well, everything's becoming political. As you say, March is a, an important time. Bedford Hospital, of course, not alone in having problems in its A&E department this winter. More than a dozen hospitals across the country have now declared major incidents. Now, Bedford's treating it as a, an internal incident. It's not quite quite up to the scale of a major incident in response to uh, the demand on accident and emergency departments. Political row, of course, as you say, has erupted about who's to blame, somewhat inevitably. Labour wants an emergency meeting, but ministers have accused the party of playing politics. Now, Ed Miliband said cuts to services and the government's management of the NHS are to blame. He's not apologising to patients, he's blaming the patients. And the, and, the pressures, and the pressures on A&E and the pressures on A&E are not just happening on his watch, but are a direct result of the decisions he's taken. However, David Cameron's denied the NHS is in crisis and said, while the system is facing unprecedented demand, it is coping. Uh, 08459455555. Hi there, nice to be with you. Happy you could stick around. Like to introduce Legs Larry Smith. Drums. And Sam Spoon's Rhythm Pole. And Vern Dudley Bohay Noel Bass Guitar. And Neil Innes Piano. Come in, Rodney Slater on the saxophone. With Roger Ruskin Spear on tenor sax. Hi, Vivian Stanchel, trumpet. Big hello to Big John Wayne, xylophone. And Robert Morley, guitar. Billy Butlin, spoons. And looking very relaxed, Adolf Hitler on vibes. Nice. Princess Anne on sousaphone. 
Introducing Liberace clarinet with Donna Ted Armstrong on vocals. Lord Snooty and his pals tap dancing. In the groove with Harold Wilson violin. And Franklin McCormack on harmonica. Over there, Eric Clapton, ukulele. Hi, Eric. On my left, Sir Kenneth Park, bass sax. Great honor, sir. Specially flown in for us, a Sessions Gorilla on Vox Humana. Nice to see Incredible Shrinking Man on Euphonium. Drop out with Peter Scott on Duck Call. Here he come you later, Casanova, on Horn. Yeah, digging General De Gaulle on accordion. Really wild, General. Thank you, sir. Roy Rogers on trigger. Tune in Wild Man of Borneo on bongos. Campesi Orchestra on triangle. Thank you. Great to hear the Rawlinsons on trombone. Back from his recent operation, Dan Drop, hot. And representing the flower people, Quasimodo on bells. Wonderful to hear Brainiac on banjo. We welcome Baldunican as himself. Very appealing, Max Jaffer. Mmm, that's nice, Max. What a team, Zebra Kid and Horace Bachelor on percussion. And a great favorite and a wonderful performer, all of us here, Jay Arthur Rank on Gong. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Having a look at the speed sensors in Roxton, it's looking quite quiet at the moment on the A1 Great North Road around the Black Hat roundabout that could cause problems later on there with the roadworks there. In High Wycombe on Marlow Hill, there's roadworks in place at Marlow Road, so that could get busy later on. But again, it's moving fine at the moment. Having a look at the cameras on the motorways, things moving generally very well on the M1, but the M40 is looking a little bit wet this morning, so take care with surface spray and visibility. And on the train, southern services are suspended between Milton Keynes Central and Shepherd's Bush. That's for emergency engineering works at Watford Junction. Tickets are being accepted on London Midland and London Underground services. But if you're using the London Overground today, there are severe delays between Wilson Junction and Clapham Junction. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. 6.16 or thereabouts. It's Thursday, the 8th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. French police hunting the gunmen who killed 12 people in yesterday's attack in Paris say one of the three suspects has surrendered to officers. Routine surgery will continue to be cancelled at Bedford Hospital due to an unprecedented demand on the service and Hertfordshire-based supermarket Tesco will reveal its Christmas sales figures this morning. BBC Three Counties Radio. And I, for one, can't wait. Inside Out returns for the new year. We discover the link between road accidents and the streetlight switch-off. Helping others after being forced into an abusive marriage. We meet the Luton woman who was trained as a lawyer to help stop forced marriages. And we reveal how the only Roman circus ever discovered in Britain has been saved by the people of Colchester. The stories that matter where we live. That's Inside Out with me, David Whiteley. 
Monday, 7.30 on BBC One. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
So, Dilly, we know you got beef with avocados. Yeah, big beef. I mean, just explain this to me. Well, avocados, well, if you're going to have avocados for lunch or something like that... If you're going to avocado... Yeah, if you're going to have an avocado for avocado. lunch... Avocado. Or, or in the evening, yeah. uh, no problem with that. But I'm sorry, but real men, real men do not eat that nonsense for breakfast. I've not started yet, I, I need to start because yeah, I'm getting fatty. I'm, I'm pleased to hear that. But, um, I you're might... not fat. Sorry? You're not fat. I might bring in um, I might bring in an avocado tomorrow. Ask people to watch our video on Facebook and, and ask them um, the honest question, are you fat? You're not fat. Well, that's, not what you're fat? that's not what they're watching the video for, and I'm wearing a lot of coats, so you can't really see. <laughs> Two coats. Okay. Uh, uh, for a healthier heart, mm-hmm. Justin, eat an avocado a day. Great advice, which I'm going to ignore. Oh. You, you, <laughs> Well, an apple a day may keep the doctor away, yeah. but it's a daily avocado we need to lower bad cholesterol. Thanks, but no thanks. A whole one? Can you eat a whole one a day? Yeah. I can manage a half, probably. Oh, well, I'll have they're the other so, half. They're rich, aren't they? I'll have the other half with a bit of mayonnaise on. All right, I'll go after... Oh, I'm not in tomorrow. This, um, the so-called avocado diet was also found to improve other blood fat levels linked to heart disease. Justin, this is going to be great. Why can't you have uh, an avocado for breakfast? I'm not interested because I'm a geezer. That's why. And men don't oh. do that sort of do thing. Do you know what I love? Avocado, yeah. right? With a bit of mango. Yeah. What? Prawns. No. Oh, yeah. Don't like the prawns. No, I've never mm. had a prawn. I'm never going to have one. Well, How do you know you don't like them? Because they look... Horrible. Yeah, they, they do look They've horrible. got their own uh, feces inside them. You want me to eat prawn feces? That's a fact, us. Oh, oh. That is a fact. They, fact sometimes they drain that out. Oh wait, four five nine four double five. It's only five, sand anyway. Five. And uh, Justin mentioned a video of us. We uh, after we spoke to Nick yesterday, who suffered homophobic abuse. We conducted a little experiment on the the, the back of uh, um, uh, one of Catherine's suggestions. You and I walked through Luton holding hands. We did. Um, I think the results are coming up a bit later on on the yeah. programme as well. Let's just say uh, it was an interesting ten minutes, and that's all it was, of course. Yeah. The experiment was only ten minutes. Had we been there all day, yeah. I think it could have been even worse. I think we may have fallen in love, but <laughs> it was it was very, very uncomfortable. There's a video of it, facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. We'll have a little look at it later on. But before that, Justin, Tesco, Tesco, Tesco. Yeah, I know you're excited. I'm very excited. They're accounting troubles could add up to a better deal for customers later this morning. The Hertfordshire-based chain is set to announce its Christmas performance figures and is expected to announce its following Asda and Sainsbury's examples by slashing prices on hundreds of branded products. In fact, there's, um, where is it? It's the Telegraph, I think. It's full of adverts saying how cheap their stuff is today. Yeah. Every other page in the Telegraph is an advert saying how cheap their stuff is. They produce something like 4,000 items. What's going on, Just? Well, um, last year, the chief exec, Dave Lewis, he took over Tesco's because their figures weren't doing very well at all. Um, do you know what his nickname is, by the way? Dave Lewis's nickname. Is he the slasher? No, he's not the slasher. That was a genuine guess. Is he not? What is he? Uh, his nickname is Drastic Dave, after oh, he streamlined Unilever. So, uh, this morning's results, uh, which are due out at 7 o'clock this morning. Again, not expected to be great for Tesco. Uh, Drastic Dave has already warned shareholders that he's willing to take short-term pain for long-term gain. Now, some experts, they say that uh, they're trying to be too many things, providing banking, also selling food, drink, clothes, and even places where you can get online printing done. So, there are suggestions from experts that, that they may go back to a, a slightly more 
focused outlook with traditional supermarkets, which of course is what they're known for. Okay, so what, what if the figures are bad, which let's mm. be honest, they probably are. Tesco's having a rubbish time. What? How will we notice the difference, Justin? If we go to Tesco's, what's going to be different for us? Well, their share prices were the worst in their history last year, so we know things are bad. Um, uh, what we could see, the larger hypermarket type stores, they could become smaller, so uh, there could be more emphasis on, let's just say, the Tesco Express convenience stores. Uh, but I've got to say, boss, whenever I've been into either a large Tesco store or one of these Tesco Express stores, uh, they're always absolutely packed. So yeah. I can't quite get my head round why they're doing so badly. Uh, it, well, is it? I was going to ask, is it because the general public have shamed, uh, changed their shopping habits? Quite possibly. I mean, a lot of people now will wait for the deals. Um, you mentioned some of those adverts in the papers this morning. Uh, a lot of people will wait for a deal and go to that supermarket to buy things cheaper. So this morning, Tesco have announced again on the day of these figures that are coming out that a number of the branded products, they're going to be reduced. So people and their shopping habits, they are changing. What I've done, I've actually managed to Every other page, sorry, just every other page on the Telegraph today is a Tesco advert. Yeah, because we know, looking at it from a PR perspective, we know today their figures are going to be bad. Yeah. Um, they're due out at 7 o'clock this morning. They're trying to get people to go back into their stores on the day w where these figures are going to be bad. So what I've done, I've spoken to people, a couple of brief examples here. Um, these are people who used to use Tesco on a regular basis. They now don't. I've been asking why, here's what they had to say. David, you're somebody who used to shop at Tesco every single week. You now don't. So, as a consumer, what are Tesco doing wrong? They're doing wrong by selling rotten stuff. You go there and you don't get any satisfaction. I went there once for white cabbage and to go back there four times, five times. So the stock is, is poor. It's not it's, good enough. It's not good enough. No. Would you ever go back? Never. I think that anybody goes there, they must be stupid. I just think that they've they've lied within themselves uh, because it's too expensive. So they shop at the uh, small two, shall we call them, mm. for the moment. The big the big four people think are too expensive. He's boycotting Tesco because he couldn't get white cabbage. Gosh.
for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the train, southern services are suspended between Milton Keynes Central and Shepherd's Bush. That's because of emergency engineering works at Watford Junction. Tickets are being accepted on London Midland services, though, and London Underground services. But if you're planning to use the London Overground instead, there are severe delays between Wilson Junction and Clapham Junction. That's because of a signal failure earlier on. On East Midlands trains, there are possible five-minute delays between Bedford and Luton because of emergency engineering works. And having a look at the roads on the speed sensors in Roxton on the A1 Great North Road, there are the roadworks around the Black Cat Roundabouts it's looking fine at the moment, but could get busy later on. And in Beaconsfield on Amersham Road, there are some temporary lights that have been put in place at Bradshaw's Lane for roadworks. And taking a look at the cameras on the M25, that's all moving well. And the M40 is looking fine, but a little bit wet, so take extra care because of surface spray. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. French police hunting the gunman who killed 12 people in yesterday's attack in Paris say one of the three suspects has surrendered to officers. Here, the Home Secretary, Theresa May, will chair a meeting of the government's emergency COBRA committee to discuss Britain's response to the attack. Routine surgery will continue to be cancelled at Bedford Hospital due to an unprecedented demand on the service. Health bosses say the number of emergency admissions have increased by 25% since Christmas. And Tesco is set to announce... that it's cutting prices for hundreds of branded products. The Hertfordshire-based supermarket group will reveal its performance over Christmas later this morning. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton resume League Two action this evening at home to fellow promotion hopeful Shrewsbury. It's fifth versus third at Kenilworth Road in front of the television cameras. Luton should welcome back Steve McNulty, Scott Griffiths and Nathan Doyle who all missed the cup defeat at Cambridge with new loan striker Jaden Stockley set to make his debut. Very excited. Um, I'm looking forward to the challenge of playing for such a big club. First and foremost is to uh, help this team uh, do well and continue their good form. And hopefully with that will come uh, goals and good performances. And I've got family from Luton, so I know what a big club it is. They've obviously given me the prep talk before I come here that uh, not to let them down. So uh, that's something that I won't do, and uh, I'll give my all for this club. And there's full commentary on Luton versus Shrewsbury in tonight's Three Counties Sport from Seven. Oldham could complete the signing of convicted rapist Ched Evans today, despite a backlash from some sponsors and a 60,000-strong petition. Former England international Danny Mills says Evans could face some resistance in the dressing room initially, but it won't last long. Trouble is, with football, you know, it becomes very, very selfish um, at times. Um, and if Chet Evans goes into that dressing room, starts to score the odd goals, rightly or wrongly, whatever you think should happen, what will happen is those players in that dressing room will forget about everything off the pitch if he's doing the business on the pitch. And Wickham striker Aaron Holloway has signed an extension to his contract, keeping him at Adams Park until the end of the season. And Stuart Lewis has left the club to join Conference Southside Ebbsfleet. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's all kicking off in France. Well, it has. Yes, it's all kicked off in France. Uh, I tell you what... um, uh, No, I tell you one of the things I found interesting about the coverage, Mm -hmm. particularly the first couple of hours yesterday of the situation in Paris was, uh, don't so many news outlets feel the need to fill... When there's nothing to say, why do they have to... I was listening to LBC, um, and um, uh, uh, they had lots of people on 
who were just guessing and were coming on and saying the pre... Well, we, uh, we think this may be uh, an Islamic attack because they were shouting Allah Akbar. Uh, 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 what was it? Yeah. yeah we, uh, the, the president has said it's a, a terrorist attack and we think there are 11 people dead. Next guest. Saying exactly the same thing and they just felt the need to, to keep on... Filling it with that. It's sort of rolling news, though, isn't it? You, you kind the of have to news keep, keep it going until something happens and in the hope that something's, there is some sort of progression. And I think it's to the detriment of news. I mean, if something, uh, if something happens, then, yeah, cut to it immediately, mm. of course, and stick with it as long as you need to. But they did... I, I, I must admit I fell asleep, but I heard about two or three hours where that was all they were talking about with nothing extra to add. It can feel a little bit like people looking out the window with their mouths wide open. Yeah. Maybe you, uh, maybe you, I mean, they have the news every half an hour on that station. I'm singling them out just because I was listening to them. I think yeah. it's an excellent radio station. Maybe you, you do the, every 15 minutes, you do a bulletin. This is the latest, just in case you missed it, no development. Next. Yeah. yeah. It was just odd. And obviously it's the front page of the newspapers, as it should be. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be such a huge news story. It's massive and it's terrifying and it's, it, it's, it's terrible. It's just, I, I guess it's more, you're right, the, the concept of rolling news with Sky... We don't have BBC News 24 anymore. Do we have a news channel? The news channel, We yeah. still have that, do we? Um, it's a waste of money. Um, There's that whole concept of we've got rolling news, so we have to fill it with something. The, the assumption num- being that that's what people want and they want to be able to access it at all time at their, at their convenience. The number of times, when you don't now, because you've got it on your phone, yeah. the number of times you and I are sat in the lobby of the hotel over the road having a coffee um, and they've got on News 24 or Sky and it will say, breaking news, exclusive... And it's the most trivial of stories. You should just have news when there's news. But that's the way it goes. They put that in as a sort of holding thing until something develops, in, you know, in the hope that something develops almost. It I sounds re- awful t- like that, but that's the way news works. £200 million I can save the BBC. Get rid of EastEnders, get rid of uh, the news channel. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm saving your licence fee. Anyway, that's the, the, the big story of the day. I and don't... it's inside the papers too. Yep. And, and, and it's, they're bringing it home to us as well. Um, the Daily Express, page five. Britain on full alert. British police were on full alert for a Paris-style attack last night with, as Britons travelling to France were warned to be on their guard. The thing is about this, you cannot be on your guard. The whole no. point is you cannot... They are attacking soft targets. Yeah. You can't live like that. And if you do, you're playing into their hands. Um, David Cameron condemned the barbaric shootings as he prepared for a full intelligence briefing. Prime Minister said the murders in Paris are sickening. We stand with the French people in the fight against terror and defending the freedom of the press. I will defend the freedom of the press up to a limit. And that limit is when someone's pointing a gun in my face. And then I will, I will shut up and... But you want your other journalists to be brave. Well, it isn't it? I, I, you know, I don't... I can't think of anything apart from my two boys that I would die for. Nothing. I wouldn't die for freedom of speech. I wouldn't die for the right to, to, to print a, a cut. And again, I'm not justifying it I in any way. I don't think people... Well, actually, they did because they've been warned about it before and that office has yeah. been firebombed in the past for um, cartoons that they've drawn there. Yeah. Cartoons that they've drawn there. But cartoons that they knew... And again, I, I've got to emphasise this because people will hear... what they, Particularly after the boxing nonsense yesterday, where I was getting attacked on Twitter for something I hadn't said... Can I just stress, what happened is awful and it should not have happened and you shouldn't be shot for saying or thinking or printing whatever you want. But they knew that 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 would get um, uh, people who are already angry even angrier. They knew that those cartoons would get violent people angry. Now, I... 
But being offended does not, of, of no. course, doesn't give you the right to take a shotgun into an, an office where people have pens. And they should be allowed to print those cartoons, of course. But if I'd been firebombed, if I'd been threatened with firebombs, I, I think, do you know what? I go, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to stop doing those cartoons now, I think. And it means that the terrorists have won, but pick your battles. I hope that some some of you will think that sounds terribly dismissive of what happened yesterday, and it, it, it's not meant to be, and you're not listening if that's what you think. But oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Anything else in the papers? Not a um, lot. Well, apparently that Big Brother thing started last night. I'm I'm not going to bother watching. I'm not being paid to watch it, so I'm not that bothered. Uh, off the wall, one hundred pound painting is sold for seventy thousand pounds in a bidding oh, yeah. frenzy. Oh yeah, bidding frenzy. A, I mean, I don't know why you would buy this in the first place, but well done to the person who bought it for hundred pounds. I can imagine trying to justify spending hundred pounds on that oh, and uh, being ridiculed but, but well done they're laughing uh, on the other side of their bank accounts that are fuller is that they're saying a family is celebrating a windfall after an unremarkable painting valued at a hundred pounds cost the buyer a whopping seventy thousand the painted porcelain plaque depicting a man in a house amid a snowy chinese landscape was discovered hanging on the walls of the home of the vendor's late father in a routine valuation bought in nanking china in uh, 1986 where nanking, 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 was... nanking, 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 the owner's father was working there. On his return, he hung the painting along with others in Cobham, Surrey, and they remained there until his recent death. Auctioneers, what do they know? Valued the piece at between 100 to 200 pounds because it dated from the 20th century. If you've ever watched Flog It, you know they know very, very little. Well, there you go. I hate 70, paintings. 70,000. I hate paintings. My uh, criteria when I get art is. I, it, have you got any art? Yeah, what are you after? Something about this big? Go by size. size. Go by size. Always go by size. It's got to, it's got to fill this much wall. The please. only painting I've got was given to me by someone else. Oh, I can't decide no. on a painting. I, someone, I'd like forever. Someone gave me a, a, a print that's limited and it's worth it's worth a few hundred quid apparently. And I'm thinking, I'd rather have had the cash to be honest. I mean, you've uh, all right. It's an investment, is it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of art and sizes. Taxi ad driving women crazy. As adverts go, it's certainly eye-catching, but a taxi company has been branded sexist for releasing the above poster. West Key Cars in Southampton said the image of an overweight woman with the caption, if I start to look sexy, book a taxi... Oh, wow. ...was designed to stop people drink-driving over Christmas instead of sleeping with mingers. Sorry, instead of taking a cab. Instead taking a cab. But here we go. The University of Southampton Feminist Society... There's the clue. ...deemed it disgusting and has called for a boycott of the company. The thing that deflates the argument somewhat is that there is a male version of it where he is uh, dressed in kind of... Yeah, unf- Dalia man style. ...unflattering clothing and uh, it's the same sort of message. It's a big la- uh, lady... She's- Can you imagine, though? Oh, Mary's got a job modelling. <laughs> You're joking. Shaka Khan, let me rock it, let me rock it, Shaka Khan. Let me rock it, that's all I wanna do. Shaka Khan, let me rock it, let me rock it, Shaka Khan. Let me rock it, let me feel for you. Shaka Khan, what you tell me, what you wanna do? Do you feel for me the way I feel for you? Shaka Khan, let me tell you what I wanna do. I wanna love you, wanna hug you, wanna squeeze you too. So let me take it in my arm, let me feel you with my charm, Shaka. Cause you know that I'm the one that keep you warm, Shaka. I make it more than just a physical dream. I wanna rock you, Shaka, baby, cause you make me wanna scream. Let me rock it, rock it.
Southern services are suspended between Milton Keynes Central and Shepherd's Bush because of emergency engineering works at Watford Junction. Tickets are being accepted on London Midland services and on London Underground services, though, and the London Overground now has just minor delays between Wilson Junction and Clapham Junction after a signal failure earlier on. On East Midlands, trains through... Uh, through Bedford and Luton. There are emergency engineering works going on that could cause five-minute delays. And having a look at the roads on the speed sensors in Milton Keynes, the A421 standing way is moving fine through the roadworks at the Kingston roundabout at the moment, but expect delays later on. In Little Kings Hill on the A413, there's roadworks in place at London Road, so that could cause some delays. And having a look at the cameras on the motorways, no major problems showing up at the moment. It's all moving very well so far. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. 6.46, it's Thursday the 8th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. French police hunting the gunmen who killed 12 people in yesterday's attack in Paris say one of the three suspects has surrendered to officers. Routine surgery will continue to be cancelled at Bedford Hospital due to an unprecedented demand on the service and Hertfordshire-based supermarket Tesco will reveal its Christmas sales figures this morning. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. Well, it's a mild start to the day. We're already peaking with those temperatures at about 10 or 11 degrees Celsius. They're actually going to be dropping off as we head into the afternoon, getting closer to 7 or 8. We've also got some rain that's lingering from the night, and that's going to gradually move off to the east. So by about lunchtime, we're seeing the back of that, and hopefully some sunny spells for the afternoon. Now, the winds ease during the day, but they're going to be picking up again tonight. So a pretty blustery night ahead of us. Cloud increases, and some more rain pushes through in the early hours of the morning but it's moving pretty quickly because of that wind so we should see the back of it before the morning temperatures down to about five degrees celsius and so a sunny a, a sunny well sunny spells tomorrow to start off the day still pretty breezy and then we've got some patchy rain coming through in the afternoon and we're entering a pretty mild period then so temperatures even getting up to about 12 degrees celsius a wet and windy night on friday night so another windy day on saturday a cloudy drizzly start but brightening up later on and then sunny spells for Sunday, although some spots will be slightly cloudier than others. And we're still holding on to that uh, breeze and a wet and windy day on Monday. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday from 12. We're talking to Alice Jones uh, about her journey, which has uh, landed her in the arms of Youthscape. When I was five, my dad left our family. It's your first inclination to go, oh, I must have done something naughty. Nick Coffer. I was in a really vulnerable place. The people at Youthscape, it is literally their job to show you that they love you and care about you and whatever you're going through. Every day my job's a privilege, but every once in a while it's an even bigger privilege because I get to meet people like you. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks This is Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio How do we do that? That trail, no, that that trail has given me a great idea, okay Because we often, particularly for TV TV programmes There was was, was a really interesting story, really interesting guest that Nick had And there was some very dramatic music And if you are watching a documentary Or you're watching even The X Factor And someone talks, says they're doing this for their mum who died of cancer Coldplay kicks in Coldplay kicks in You know they're going to get through as well when Coldplay kicks in Yeah, yeah, yeah It leads to an uproarious so you get the music. You get it in films, the music that kind of sums up the mood. You used to get it in cinemas with silent films. You get a, a real live organist, and they still do this at some films, and I, I've never been. I'd love to go. A real live organist where if there's a car chase, and if it's a sad bit, play sad music, right? We get someone in live to play the music yes. while we do an interview with someone. Now, that's all I've got. It it, it risks sounding somewhat tactless. It does. It really, really does. And you'd have to find your way around... We'd have to find our way around that to, 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 to do it, but... We do need our own musical score, though, on the yeah, show. Yeah, we do. We all need our own theme tunes. Anyway, 08459 455555. I'm, I'm feeling creative and alive because I went to see the pantomime last night. The pantomime? The pantomime. You say you went to see it. It was pretty much just me went to see it. The theatre was empty. Oh. There are about... It's, uh, 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 theatre holds, I'm going to say, 600. There were 80 of us. Yeah. It was awkward. It changes the dynamics somewhat, doesn't For it? For a pantomime, the pressure was on for me to get involved noise-wise. <laughs> There were two drunk girls at the front. Thank God they were there, because there would have been n- nothing. Uh, it was so... And I'll tell you what was weird, OK? Because you got the, the stalls, and then we were in the royal stalls, which are the ones seats up and back, OK? So they're a bit cheaper. But the stalls were empty, apart from a dozen people. What they should have done 
He's moved everyone up. Should have moved everyone. Yeah, should have got everyone either sat down there or sat. Everyone should have been sat together mm. and put squeeze in. So he's doing the comedy club. Come on, everybody, move forward, move forward. Let's all sit together. Should have moved us all forward. Because then the audience feels braver. You yeah. get more interaction. Yeah, there was none of that. Mm. It. Well, I mean, it's a good pantomime, and the boy loved it. That you know the uh, the reason the boy loved it. There was a character in there called Willy. <laughs> Boom. Could not believe it. Couldn't believe it. Um, uh, but uh, it, and it was a good pantomime. But I, f- I felt sorry for the performers because they were having to work extra hard. Even um, the lady from the Three Degrees, Sheila Ferguson. Sheila Ferguson. What a voice! And I'll be honest, what a rack. She was really um, wearing a very tight bustier. Ridian uh, was played by someone else last night. Oh, was he? Yeah, Ridian was played by somebody else. That was disappointing. Do you think that's why there was no one else there? Mm, mm. Ridian's not. In- oh, I'm going home. And also, Rid- Ridian would have been playing the Beast, so he would have worn a mask for ninety-eight percent of the show, which again is another bonus. Don't you think he looks a bit like Jonathan? Jonathan Vernon. Yes, Smith. I do. He looks like um, 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 he looks like standard German from the war films. Ladies and gentlemen, thank- what was the word I was trying to look for for standard German? Aryan. Yes. He, look, he looks like an Aryan JVS. Uh, but I, so, overall, good casting, some great set pieces. I would say a, a really good pantomime. Oh, no, you wouldn't. Kels. Yes. BBC Introducing, because we're doing Vinyl Fridays on um, Fridays, I've got some great records to bring in tomorrow. You're not coming, Shane. No. I've got some great records to bring in tomorrow. Uh, we're moving, we're shifting the BBC Introducing track from Fridays to Thursdays. Thursdays. I'd forgotten. You'd remembered. Yes. Who we got? It's, Stephen Rhodes. It's his name is Rhodes. Stephen Rhodes. Has no. he shortened it to Rhodes? No. It's, it's, How modern! It's like um, <laughs> when uh, Puff Daddy became P Diddy, or what? Do you, I actually, I'm old enough to remember when Jennifer Lopez became J Lo. Yes, I remember right. that. And I remember Seriously. thinking, what she done that for? Yeah. Well, boy, oh boy, were we wrong, Catherine? It was the way forward. Jenny from the block knew exactly what she was doing, and Stephen Rhodes has caught on. What has Stephen? Excuse me. What has Rhodes got for us? He, uh, this is his new song, it's called The Lakes. He's from Hitchin, he's doing very well. He's from here, from the old days. Yes. Um, Here it is. We've gone, no matter Frightened to carry on But imagine those deep blue skies Waiting No matter what time it takes We'll run away to the lakes And summer will find us there Waiting We can see through the shadows Life fades 
Stephen Rhodes, former former BBC presenter here at uh, BBC Three Counties Radio, um, he's now turned to making music, Kells, and that is he's not happy, is he? I'm, get, I'm picking up he's not happy from that from that vibe. Is Do you it? know what I'd suggest? Yeah. He needs to get involved with something like a two for Tuesday, cheer himself up, treat himself. A youth club. Um, <laughs> get himself in a steady relationship because that would would um, they, they wouldn't tolerate that. You should be feeling like that when you're that young. Cut the but cord. It's a good song. It's well done, great performances, good verses. Some Overall, nice set pieces. I'd say it's a, a thoroughly enjoyable song. Good. I'm glad. Stephen Rhodes will be very happy. And if we want to find out more about Stephen Rhodes, I guess we just go to Wikipedia or the old days. R-H-O-D-E-S. Yep. And you can type that in on Facebook and Twitter, and all the information on him will come up. Excellent stuff. You all right, Kath? Yeah. Justin. I've uh, got a question about that song. Oh, um, yeah. Did Stephen Rhodes write that about Nadine Dorries? Well, step away. Okay, Justin. So here's the um, uh, story we've got for you, Justin. Yes. It is. this. Ad, have you seen this ad? In the, you won't. It's in a newspaper. Um, it's a picture of a larger woman mm-hmm. s- kind of seductively licking the tip of her finger. Yeah. And it says, if I start to look sexy, book a taxi. What? Yeah, it's an advert for um, not drinking too much. Goodness me. Yeah. Okay. Could you take it to... Oh, come in and get the papers in the yeah, mail. Come yeah, in and take yeah, it yeah. to the streets. We want to know, is it fattest or funny? Um, I think from what you just described there, I think I would say fattest. Have but, a look uh, first. I've seen it first, yeah. Exactly. And bear in mind that there is a male version of it with a sort of medallion yeah. man type saying, if you start fancying this, you should get a taxi. So, you yeah. Love a medallion. Oh, I know you do. Mm. Justin, we'll speak to you later. Cheers. Ta-ra. Um, well, that uh, uh, cleverly sidestepped. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We've got a minute, Catherine. If there's anything that you've spotted, I tell you what. Go. Oh, kitchen gadgets. You were talking about avocados earlier on. Oh yeah, yeah. I did yeah. contemplate buying that avocado lid we saw in the paper. Avocado is it? Avo or ava? Avocado lid. How does that work? Um, it's, um, instead of using your cling film, which often leads to oh. um, blackening of your avocado. Yeah. You stick a lid on it. Which you mean, actually, so it's avocado-shaped? Yeah, it goes over the stone. Oh, hang on, but you don't put it over the, f- the flesh? No, because the flesh is its own sealant, isn't it? It's, you are. It's like, a, it's like a lid for your avocado. Hang on a second, you're having a lot. Why would you put the, the uh, lid over the stone of the avocado? The, well, no, the stone and the um, soft, exposed flesh, which is what's going to go off if you... Hang on it. a second. Yeah, but the flesh is... But you don't put a lid over the flesh? Yeah. But it fits over the, you know, stone. it's a little hole for the stone. Oh, like I a see. Sort of, um, Those stones. Ah. 
an avocado bra. Those stones are made of actual granite, aren't they? I think so, yeah. Incredible. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the train, southern services between Milton Keynes Central and Shepherd's Bush are suspended because of emergency engineering works at Watford Junction, but tickets are being accepted on London Midland and London Underground services. If you're using the London Overground, that has minor delays between Wilston Junction and Clapham Junction because of a signal failure earlier, and East Midlands trains have possible five-minute delays between Bedford and Luton, and that's because of engineer- emergency engineering works. On the motorways on the A1M southbound, it's looking very busy now between Junction 3 for St Albans and 2 for Wellham Green, and it's starting to get quite busy on the M25 as well. Anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 15 for the M4, looking at the cameras. On the A1 southbound, that's looking quite busy between the Holiday Inn Junction and Barnet Lane at Stirling Corner. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Samantha, would you promise me one thing? What is it? Promise you'll never tame that wild, untamable spirit. Oh, well, you know, I... I, Promise um, me. I promise. Thank you. Although the actual uh, making of the promise was in some ways a taming. Yeah. You see? Disappointing. Yeah, very disappointing. She should have told you to get knotted. Yeah, in her own unique, controversial way. Coming up... Ah. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines hunt continues for Paris gunmen. Still no routine surgery at Bedford Hospital and Hertfordshire Company's anger at cancer drug decision. BBC Three Counties Radio. French police hunting the gunman who killed 12 people in yesterday's attack in Paris say one of the three suspects has surrendered to officers. Here, the Home Secretary, Theresa May, will chair a meeting of the government's emergency COBRA committee to discuss Britain's response to the attack. From Paris, here's Lucy Williamson. The targets of this manhunt are now two brothers, Saeed and Sharif Kouachi, both French citizens in their early 30s. Police say another man, 18-year-old Hamid Murad, has handed himself in, reportedly after seeing his name on social media. An operation in the eastern city of Reims overnight ended without any arrests. Twelve people were killed in the attack on Charlie Hebdo yesterday when men with assault rifles stormed the office in central Paris. Large rallies were held across France to express solidarity with the men and women President Hollande described as heroes who died for freedom. Routine surgery will continue to be cancelled at Bedford Hospital due to an unprecedented demand on the service. Health bosses say the number of emergency admissions have increased by 25% since Christmas. More from Sophie Solaria. The majority of Christmas cases involved patients over the age of 80. The surge has resulted in the hospital having very limited space for new admissions from A&E. All routine surgery has now been postponed until further notice. However, David Cameron's denying that the NHS is in crisis and says while the system's facing unprecedented demands, it's coping. Tesco is set to announce that it's cutting prices for hundreds of branded products. It follows similar cuts by Asda and Sainsbury's, the Hertfordshire-based supermarket group, which will reveal its performance over Christmas this morning, has seen falling sales, profit warnings and accounting problems over the past year. Two drug companies have attacked the decision by a government fund to stop providing some of their cancer 
cancer treatments to new NHS patients. One of the companies, ASI, recently opened a new multi-million pound manufacturing plant in Hatfield for a new cancer treatment. Gary Hendler is the president of their global cancer division. We were given minutes to present our case to the panel and even less time to get the verdict. So we just think the whole process was totally unfair and unjust and basically a knee-jerk reaction based on the cancer drug fund overspend. In sport, Luton resumed League Two action this evening with a televised match at home to fellow promotion hopeful Shrewsbury. New loan striker Jaden Stockley is set to make his debut. An Oldham are hoping to complete the signing of convicted rapist Ched Evans today, despite a backlash from some sponsors and a 60,000-strong petition. The weather, rain clearing this morning to leave sunny intervals and some scattered heavy showers. Dry this afternoon, a maximum temperature 10 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about in the show this morning. Hospitals, Tesco's and find out what happened when Justin and I went for a little walk through Luton yesterday, holding hands. If you want to see the video of it, facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. And if you want to give us a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Boilie? Yes. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. What are you doing? I'm just updating your um, Tesco story. Have we got the figures in? Uh, no. Oh. In what way are you updating? What's the update? Um, that they're definitely going to um, slash prices. Eee. I'm glad I've written that down, though. Thanks. Because I might forget it in the next they're 10 They're going to slash prices. Chris is on the line. Morning, Chris. Morning, Ian. What you got for us? Yeah, no, just coming back on what you said about these Islamic thugs, these uh, terrorist people. I actually think to actually look the other way, um, you, you, I, know, I know where we're coming from, but I actually think, um, you know, you've got to really sort of deal with this head on. I mean, obviously, as an individual pointing the gun at you, you're probably going to say anything. But I think as, as a society, we've got to come down, down on them like a ton of bricks. You know, they are, they're a cancer. And um, it, it's not good for any of us. It's not good for if you've got children, what sort of world will they inherit? There's all sorts of thugs. The mafia, they were the same. Um, you know, you just have to. You can't. It's tempting to look, sometimes to look the other way um, if you're in a very difficult situation. But if you do, they have won and it will slide in their favour. I'm not. We're talking about the situation in France. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if looking the other way is the right phrase because I'm, I'm not that bothered. About um, anti-religious cartoons that I no. that I think anyone should die for it. Of course they shouldn't. I mean, you know, we had the same thing, didn't we? But we didn't have any violence with the last temptation of Christ, the life of oh, Brian, yeah, the, 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 the oh, Christians. The, the Jerry, Jerry Springer, the musical, of course. Exactly. Well, we didn't have any 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 of that from the Christians, and they're just as passionate about no, their religion. No, we had a we had a we didn't have any um, uh, gun violence, but they, they they got very verbal about it, didn't they? Well, yeah, no, but that's well, let's let's that's freedom of speech. 
speech, you're allowed to. You know, once you start... No, I think they were threatening... Um, weren't they? Well, I, and someone will know better than me. The, the Jerry Springer, the musical, written by, co-written by uh, Stuart Lee, he was getting threatened, I think. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to get that. Come on. I mean, you get that well, on that, Facebook. Hang on a minute. So we'll, 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 we'll let people make threats? No, threats not. Threats not. So, no, that's not acceptable either. You get... You're not, not, when, it comes to, when it actually comes to threats, intimid- that type of intimidation... But this isn't just a Muslim problem. Well, it is in this case. Well, well you it say is that. A, no, I, I say it and I qualify it. Anders Brevik, anybody? He was a right-wing Christian. Well, no, he, well, yeah, he, he, he wasn't doing... He, wasn't, he didn't kill him in the name of Christianity. Yes, he did, Anders Brevik. No. The fellow that, that blew up loads of buildings in Norway so he could... Go, I think it was Norway, so he could go and shoot a load of kids on an island. He was doing that as a right-wing Christian. Yeah, well, well, I don't know. I'll have to differ with you. But, uh, but, but the point being is this. It happens all over the world. Wherever you see it, you see Islam at the centre of it. I'm not blaming Islam. Um, but, you're it, saying, but you see... Uh, but, then, OK, so what are we supposed to do then? Well, you've got to challenge it head on. What you've got to do... And what does that is, mean? Well, you've got to, you've got to engage the, the, the peaceful uh, Muslims. Let them, let them... It's them that are suffering. They're, they're well, freedoms. it wasn't yesterday, was it? It's their freedoms that are eroding. Since 9-11 and 7-7, right, since 9-11 and 7-7, around Europe, around, the, around the, uh, the west of the planet, what you've got, you've got now that we have, we have uh, screening. So Islamic women walk through screens, and yet people see what they look like beneath their clothing, and it's tough they have... Have to walk through. Yeah, but we have to walk. No, but we walk yeah, through. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's suffering I, a result. Yeah, yeah, but you, that, I mean, that doesn't bother me. That might other people. People are questioning Muslims. They're questioning their dress code. Code. They're, they're questioning their mosques. They're questioning their schools. But do, do you know what I'm bored of, Chris? Yeah. Every time there's an incident like this, I'm yeah. bored of people will phone up and say, well, why aren't um, uh, normal Muslims coming out and speaking out against it? And then you, get, you, can't, you can't switch on the telly or the radio without, in inverted commas, normal Muslims yeah. saying, well, yeah, of course, we, do, we think this behaviour is awful. I'm bored of Muslims coming out and saying they think this behaviour is awful because we know that the majority of them think Some it's people, awful. Of course. But, but, but you, won't, you won't solve it without their community. You need their community... Um, you know, you know, you actually need their community, um, and I'm afraid too many of them do look the other way. I'm not saying, you know, they... I don't know what you mean by look the other way. Well, let me put it this way: on the three months ago, on the BBC Parliamentary Channel, uh, the Select Committee were interviewing government ministers, educational chiefs, and others alike, and the police. And and what they asked, they said, you know, asking about the problems within mosques and schools. Uh, they said it, there's problems within mosques and schools of uh, promoting intolerance and extreme violence there's 20 schools and as many and as many mosques have been identified in Birmingham five of which well, it's not twi- about Trojan horse yeah it's not, tw- it's not 20 schools but it's about it was four schools no 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 20 schools well no but, it's no, a listen, story I know quite well there were, there, were, yeah. there were four schools no no twi- no maybe twi- five no yeah, yeah. You, 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 you could before there's 20 schools have been identified ranging from intolerance five as you, you, you rightly say five of which have been extreme. Within their assemblies, if you want to call them assemblies, they've been chanting, down with the Jews, no, down with the Christians. Chris, Chris, that, 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 uh, Chris, uh, Chris you... I'm going to stop you there, mate, because that actually isn't true. It's a story I know quite well. Uh, they were not chanting down with the Jews, down with the Christians in assembly. That, that is a myth. Uh, it's a myth I'd never heard before, but that's that's simply not true. So I'm going to stop you there, Chris, because you were kind of you started off all right and then went off on a tangent. Oh uh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Let me just do this. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Right. 
Here we go. Bedford Hospital's problems uh, dealing with what bosses call an unprecedented demand are being exacerbated by, by, by old people. Frail elderly patients post-Christmas. Routine operations are still being cancelled and GPs have been drafted in to deal with a 25% increase in admissions, the majority of which are people over 80. Well, joined uh, as ever by Colette McKeveney, Director of Age Concern Luton. Morning, Colette. Morning, Ian. So does this, does this surprise you? No, not really. I mean, the majority of people with really bad health conditions tend to be older um, and they tend to be very frail and they find it more hard to actually cope with some of the problems they've got physically. It's, we're, we're all living longer, aren't we? That's, that's the thing. This surely can only be a problem uh, that, that will grow. Well, you know, assuming we all continue to live longer, I mean, there are sort of various factors here that sort of people aren't thinking about sometimes. At the moment, we've got a lot of people who are old and frown. There's a lot of reasons for it. There's much more health education now. People are trying to take better care of themselves. And, you know, perhaps in the future... Uh, we will have a generation of older people that are less frail. However, the human body is not designed to um, go on forever. Certainly as we are getting older, we will get things wrong with this. And nowadays with the advances in medicine, people are living with, you know, really complicated health conditions mm. that would have carried us off in the past. With uh, When we get news lines like this, Colette, do you think um, that, that, that something like this might scare some older people into not going to A&E? Absolutely. And you know what? It makes me mad, Ian. Um, you'd think people were going there for a holiday. You'd think they were going there because they've got nothing better to do with themselves. People are going to hospital for one reason, and that's because they're really ill. Um, they're too ill to be nursed in the community, generally speaking, and that's why they're going. They're not going for fun. But there are, there are various factors. For example, if you live in a nursing home and you have a fall or something, the procedure might be to take you there, even though you're okay, because you have to be checked over. Yeah. So, so there, are, there are perhaps things that we can do for some folk, you know, think about, well, okay, is that strictly necessary? Do we need to take them? But if they need to be in hospital, if they need to go to A&E, then, you know, we need to make sure there's enough capacity to take care of them. Do you know what, Colette? You're right. You're one of the few voices that I've heard in all of this Ferrari that's going on recently that is, instead of trying to um, turn people away from A&E, we should just be chucking more money at A&E, shouldn't we? Giving it a bigger capacity. um, Do you know what? There's two things. Obviously, there are folk, apparently, that are inappropriately using A&E. They're turning up, you know, with a cut finger or whatever else. Um, Now, if people are turning up inappropriately, you know, they need to get with it and say, well, actually, do I really need to be down there when there's seriously ill people who can't get help? You know, where should I be going? Should I go to the pharmacist? Do I need to go to the GP? Do I need to be at A&E? So that's number one. You know, no inappropriate use of it. It's there for emergencies. Um... Number two, I think, is that, you know, if you are at A&E and you have got a situation, um, could, you, could you have been at the GPs? Could you have got an appointment? And it may be that you couldn't get access because your surgery, um, you know, it's three days, five days or whatever. And if you're in, in really worried about your health at that time, you're not going to wait three, five days, especially if it's a child or somebody who's frail or someone in a nursing home. You know, you're not going to leave it that long because you're going to be worried about it. So can you get access to a GP's appointment? Before we start blaming people, I think, for going to A&E if they're ill, we need to be saying, have they got alternatives and are they using them? Now, if they then pitch up at A&E, completely inappropriately, absolutely fine. You know, tell them you shouldn't be here, send mm. them on the way. However, make sure that there is an alternative for them is, is my first point. And secondly, if you are old and frail and sick, you know, 
how how can we talk about people? These are human beings. These are people's parents and people's grandparents. People do not choose to be sick. They do not choose to be disabled. This myth out there that somehow there's all these people who just delight in wasting NHS resources. <laughs> get a life. You know, who are these people? <laughs> I haven't met any. You know, there might well be some folk who are a bit, you know, over-anxious about their health. But generally speaking, they have a reason to be. Maybe they've got some complicated condition that they're anxious about managing. Mm. Let's look at it a bit more intelligently and think, okay, if this person's got COPD, how do we help them to understand what to do when the symptoms come? But if you've got a serious and life-threatening condition, it might well be that, um, you know, you actually manage that, you know, 400 days of, um, sorry, uh, four, 24 hours a day, you know, 300 days you, you a year. You forgot how many days there were in a year then, Colette. Do, do you know what? I've added a few because uh, yeah. I feel I need them. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. But, 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 you know, 300 days of the year, maybe they manage that condition well. 65 days of that year, maybe they're quite frightened about it. What do we do in those days when they are worried about yeah. it, you know? Colette, it's really good to talk to you, and as uh, oh, I would say, even more direct speaking uh, than, than, than usual. And you know what? One of the first people it, it, we've had this conversation with who said, well, why are we having to go at the people who are going to A&E? It's true, but it's also made me think, have you ever been to A&E in the last sort of five, six years? Yep. You have to get past the guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The triage nurse will tell you whether you're staying or going, so I don't understand and, why there's so many people cluttering it up. And I don't... Uh, you, yeah, you can never always tell what people are there for, but the few times I've been to A&E... I've not seen anybody there nursing a paper cut. No. You know, or, or, or with a, you know, with a, a badly cut uh, toenail. It, uh, you see people who've got blood coming out of their head or people who look flipping awful. I mean, the last few times I've been to a and it's been with the kids. And, um, the boy, paediatric A&E is a completely different experience. They get you uh, in and out pretty sharpish. By pretty sharpish, I mean, you, I don't think we've waited more than an hour. We've normally been seen pretty immediately and they've assessed it and, and then we've gone in. But, um... Uh, yeah, she, do you know what we're saying? All this stuff about people with paper cuts and stuff. I, is that, I don't know if that's actually true. If you've been recently, give us a shout. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's starting to get quite busy on the motorways. The A1M southbound's quite busy from Junction 3 for St Albans to 2 for Wellham Green. And looking at the M25 anti-clockwise, that's looking quite slow from Junction 21 for the M1 to 15 for the M4. In North Watford, checking the speed sensors are looking slow on Northwestern Avenue around the Dome Roundabout. On the A1 southbound, it's looking heavy in Boreham Wood between the Holiday Inn and the Stirling Corner. And in Markgate, the A5 southbound, that's building up between Lynch Hill and the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne. On the trains, East Midland services are running fast again between Bedford and Luton after the delays earlier on and Southern Services have a normal service again between Milton Keynes Central and Shepherd's Bush after the emergency engineering works at Watford Junction have been completed but on the London Overground there are still minor delays between Wilson Junction and Clapham Junction. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Don't forget, go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Justin and I conducted an experiment in Luton yesterday. You can watch it and we'll talk about it before eight. But right now it's 7.17. It's Thursday the 8th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tesco is shutting its head office in Cheshire late, uh, next year and will move its base to Welland Garden City. The company is also shutting 43 unprofitable stores. French police hunting the gunmen who killed 12 people in yesterday's attack in Paris say one of the three suspects has surrendered to officers. And routine surgery will continue to be cancelled at Bedford Hospital due to an unprecedented demand on the service. See Three Counties Radio.
you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. But we're happy to celebrate Elstree's past. People don't realise, they just simply do not know the output that's come from this little town in Hertfordshire. But there is a way you can hear it all again. People used to walk along the high street, famous people such as Sophia Loren and Elizabeth Taylor. bbc.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio, allowing you to listen to what you missed. The biggest Hollywood names. They've all fallen in love with it. There was always different stars coming in and out. When I first got there, I wanted to see the soundstage where we were to construct one of our largest sets, which was the Well of the Souls. bbc.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio. Uh, Tesco has announced it's cutting prices for hundreds of branded products following similar moves by rivals Asda and Sainsbury's. The Hertfordshire-based chain will reveal its Christmas figures later this morning, um, but it may have a tough time winning back public trust. Keith Slater is a retail expert. Keith, we kind of saw this coming, didn't we, with the rise of Aldi and Lidl's and with Tesco, and I think we can legally say being dodgepots who um, cooked their books to a certain extent by about, what, quarter of a billion pounds. Um... But the, the, the faith in Tesco is at an all-time low, isn't it? Um, yes, um, but they are still our biggest supermarket chain. Um, one pound in every seven that we spend on groceries is spent there, and it's as big as its two nearest rivals put together. So um, whilst we are disillusioned and people have been moving away, have been uh, going into Aldi and um, into um, not just the, those particular supermarkets, but into all the 99p stores and the pound stretcher stores to buy their groceries, uh, yes, they've been struggling. Because the, the, where Aldi and Lidl and those kind of stores are winning uh, now is that they've won the middle class over. I, I would say 18 months, two years ago, middle class people wouldn't be seen dead in those stores. But now there, there is no stigma, is there? Absolutely not. And people have realised that they do have some good quality products and some very, very good prices. And you're not confused when you go in there by all these three-for-two offers and things where you've got to try and work out, is this a better offer or is that a better offer? Because they have straightforward prices just discounted and they stay at that price. Tesco as well. Uh, I know it's very popular. I I, I guess because of that, there's a lot of hatred for Tesco. I have several uh, friends who who make a point of boycotting a store like that. (laughs) Yes. um, It's funny that the supermarkets do create this kind of intense feeling, Um, though that seems to be changing very much in people's shopping habits. It it, it always was that if you went to one supermarket, you always shopped at that supermarket and you shopped there for everything that they sold rather than shopping around. But now particularly with the rise of the convenience store chains, people tend to be a bit more discerning and they'll buy this from one store. They might buy their meat at Lidl, but they, they might buy their, their vegetables in, in Morrison's. So, so we're changing as, as uh, shoppers, but have Tesco done anything wrong? I think they stopped listening to their customers some time ago. They got distracted by developing new things. They've developed strongly in America. They've developed strongly in the Far East. Um, Though the American business has now been sold off, and there is talk that they might sell off their business in Thailand. And they went into other things like restaurants and coffee shops and video streaming. And maybe they just took their eyes off the ball a little bit, which often happens with people who are the prime retailer in any particular sector. What do they need to do, Keith? They need to listen to their customers 
customers and they need to know much more about what their customers are doing. They know very well their own internal customers because they have this Dunhumby division that does a lot of data analysis. They have a what, sorry? Dunhumby. It's, what, uh, it's a subsidiary of, uh, of Tesco oh, okay. that actually runs their club card and analyzes all the data that ah. comes out of that. So they're very, very uh, knowledgeable about people who shop in their stores. They yeah. need to know more about the people who don't stop shopping in their stores and how they're going to attract them back. They're obviously going through this price cutting because that's very, very important in people. They're going to close some stores, from what I understand, maybe around 40 around the country. Mm. And they're going to sell off some of these other divisions that, that stop them being focused on looking at their customers. Keith, uh, it's fascinating. I, uh, I look forward to speaking to you again. Retail expert Keith Slater. We will get the uh, the figures. I think I think they come out about eight o'clock. The figures for uh, for Tesco. I always say, Catherine. I always shop, but my, my shopping is dictated by which shop is nearest. Yeah. Um, there Although is, if I want meat, I go to a certain supermarket. There is a, there is a there is a big Tesco near me, within sort of within driving distance. Yeah. There's a Tesco Express that's nearer me that's open later yeah. and open at weekends and on bank holidays. So those are the two I tend to go to. When I'm in town, I'm generally near a Waitrose, yeah. so I'll pop in there. And if I'm feeling flash or flush, I'll pop into M&S and buy a bit. But if you've got the whole afternoon ahead of you yeah. and you're going to be cooking something special, you'll be more choosy, won't you? But who has that? I mean, no. you get that once a week if you're lucky. Uh, my wife would uh, goes to Waitrose, snob. I go to I just I, I choose the nearest store to me and for me it's Tesco and I'm not bothered. I prefer Waitrose's me. I'm going to say that. No, and it's, on the yeah. way home though I'll call in at Co-op. Co-op's yeah. upped its game recently. Yeah. When I was a kid, Co-op was where my gran used to go for a tinned ham. Do you know what I mean? And you think, oh, it's very Peter. It's not anymore. Peter. Hi. Hi. Was it you that was banging on about the ambiance? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, do you, you do understand what the word means, don't you? Uh, well, explain <laughs> it to us, for, in case I've got it wrong. Well, it means, it means the atmosphere. Yeah. So <laughs> you like a supermarket with a happy atmosphere. Absolutely. Music everywhere? Uh, no. Soon we'll be dancing in the cool night air? No, 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 just general general cheerfulness, really. And, and remind us which store for you has the best ambience. I believe Asda does. Yeah. Yeah. Funny, oh, there you go. But then, but, I mean, it's a matter of choice, really. Yeah. I do find, I do find some of the stores. I mean, if you're talking about these uh, Aldi and Littles, well, the 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 throughput through there, the number of people, it's minimal compared to some of the other big ones like Asda and and Tesco's. I've been in them. I don't buy much in there, but I've been in them, and there's not many, not much football going through. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Peter, that's not what you've called in to have a whinge about, no, though, is it? No, I, I, I want no. I want to talk about the good parts and the bad parts of the NHS. Where you go, boss? Well, the bad part is, according to yesterday's mail, four thousand six hundred beds were closed in the National Health Service since two thousand eleven. Okay. Now the good part of it is, there's no bed blocking. It's because easy it is to shut the beds. They've shut A&E's, and they're, they're in overload, just like Finsbury Park Station was when they shut King's Cross. Yeah. So it's nothing else, to, nothing to do with the staff. The staff being overloaded, and soon you'll have people dropping out because they're not well. 
Uh, they really work hard. I'll tell you what the thing I don't like about supermarkets, and I think this is where the, this is where the problem was, and this started about ten years ago, yeah. right? Because I used to work in a supermarket, and we were never told to do this. They're always told to have conversations with the customer. Scripted conversation number seven. Good morning, sir. How are you? Having a good day? I see you've got the kids with... Don't talk to me! No, quite. Unless there is a spontaneous, genuine thing about me that you want to have a chat with, then... then I don't want to know. I once stood in a supermarket queue, Peter, and the woman had exactly the same conversation about her split ends with everyone. I mean, that was very specific conversation and not relevant to well, the purchase. I mean, with everyone, and she sounded like a robot. Yeah, well, I mean, I I I, I have good conversations with the checkout ladies, well, I actually. Bet you do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no, good. Well, we, we've heard about you, Peter. My good. mother-in-law was a checkout well, lady and got told off for gabbing. Uh, you yeah, have good. to make them laugh because if you don't, if oh. you make them laugh, oh. they treat you very I well in the checkout. Think yeah. of anything more desperate than and an old I, man I, trying to make a young woman laugh. And I, and I turn around to her and I say, "You're going to get all happy customers from now on." Because mm. oh, I do get some miserable ones. Just, yeah, just trying to get rid. Do of you know you. why I talk to the checkout staff? Mm. So they don't go as fast when I'm trying to pack my bag. Because sometimes <laughs> it's a race, isn't it? No, and I get I, very flustered. Oh well, you see, uh, uh, being a smile and older gentleman, they mm. pack my bag for me. Oh, <laughs> that's why. That's why you, they're taking so much time, Peter. Because we're stuck behind you. He wanted to talk about NHS anyway. Oh, yeah, Pete, uh, Peter. Yeah. You got what you wanted to talk about the NHS, didn't you? Yeah. You got thirty seconds. Well, I've been talking about it already, but then well, no, you're talking about supermarkets. No, I did say I did say when you're talking about the A and E departments. Yes. You've got to remember that four thousand six hundred oh, beds this, have been yeah. shut yep. in uh, in hospitals. Yep. And when you go to an A and E, the the elderly are not bed blocking. It's because these idiots have shut the beds. Yep. And okay. because every A and E now is in total load of overload because they shut too many A and E's. Okay, Peter, I've got to move on. Thank you, and thank you, Kath, for you get the um, gist. Yes, Biggers. Hey, me old three, me old Charlie, me old Ben. Hey, there. Hello, love. What you got for us? Um, I'm just wondering, does Mr. Daly, does he ever actually do any work? Uh, that's an excellent question. Continue. Right. Yeah, well, I've just, just driven past the back of your studio. Yeah. Um, I've seen a very dodgy character in a dark overcoat. Yeah. Uh, light up a fag. Not, that's not working, is it? <laughs> <laughs> he, he makes... An, can you see him from where you are, Cass? I can't at the moment, but he, I know what his argument would be. That's where he formulates all his best plans. Yeah. Uh, he knows all... Catherine's looking at uh, uh, the uh, the security cameras, but he knows the blind spot. He does. Yeah. So he's got it sussed out. Well, because I do hope that when you... and uh, While I don't condone any form of, of uh, bad language or aggression on the streets, I do hope yeah. that the next time you drive past him, you beep your horn and uh, flick the visa at him. Well, I, I, it was me the last time in Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Biggers, thank you very much. We'll get him to justify that a little bit. Justification is a feature. Justification. Justification. Sorry, Kelly. Justin Fye. Oh. Justin Fye, your love. That was Justin Timberlake's um, album, wasn't it? Justified. Uh, yeah. See what he did? Sure, it's, why not? It was quite good. I like that one. Some of his later work was a little bit... Yeah, I wish he'd bring Sexy good. back. Back. He did. 08459 455 555. Interesting email um, from someone about the situation in Paris. I shall read that after this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Heading into High Wycombe on Valley Road. That's looking quite slow on the speed sensors southbound from Criers Hill towards Hamilton Road on the speed sensors and in Markgate on the A5 southbound. That's also looking very busy between Lynch Hill and the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne. On the A1 southbound, it's very busy between the Holiday Inn and Barnet Lane at Stirling Corner. And having a look at the motorways, the A1M southbound, that's looking very busy between Junction 3 for St Albans and 2 for Wellham Green. And checking the speed sensors on the M25, anti-clockwise, it's looking quite slow between Junction 20 for the M1 and 15 for the M4. On the trains, it's looking a lot better. East Midlands trains are running fine between Bedford and Luton and Southern services are moving fine again between Milton Keynes Central and Shepherd's Bush. But on the London Overground, if you're using that today, there are minor delays between Wilson Junction and Clapham Junction after a signal failure earlier on. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Tesco is shutting its head office in Chesson next year and will move its base to Welling Garden City. The company is also shutting 43 unprofitable stores. Tesco has this morning announced a 2.9% drop in sales in the 19 weeks to January the 3rd. Meanwhile, Marks & Spencer has reported a fall in sales of 5.8% in the 13 weeks to December the 27th. French police hunting the gunman who killed 12 people in yesterday's attack in Paris say one of the three suspects has surrendered to officers. The French Prime Minister says both remaining suspects had been known to the intelligence services. And routine surgery will continue to be cancelled at Bedford Hospital. Health bosses say the number of emergency admissions have increased by 25% since Christmas. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton resume League Two action this evening at home to fellow promotion hopeful Shrewsbury. It's fifth versus third at Kenilworth Road in front of the television cameras. Luton should welcome back Steve McNulty, Scott Griffiths and Nathan Doyle who all missed the cup defeat at Cambridge with new lone striker Jaden Stockley set to make his debut. His manager John Still. It isn't just the goals that he can bring, it's the goals he can help other people score by how he plays, how he holds the ball up and, and, and his movement. We, we, we actually spoke about him at the start of this season and we decided no, he went to Cambridge, and we, but we decided no earlier in this season because by and large we, we sort of looked like we'd, we'd be OK. But he was one of two players that we've sort of highlighted to try and bring in. And there's full commentary on Luton versus Shrewsbury in tonight's Three Counties Sport from Seven. Oldham could complete the signing of convicted rapist Ched Evans today despite a backlash from some sponsors and a 60,000-strong petition. The former England international Danny Mills says Evans could face some resistance in the dressing room initially, but it won't last long. Jobly's with football, you know, it becomes very, very selfish um, at times. Um, and if Chet Evans goes into that dressing room, starts to score the odd goals, rightly or wrongly, whatever you think should happen, what will happen is those players in that dressing room will forget about everything off the pitch if he's doing the business on the pitch. And Wickham striker Aaron Holloway has signed an extension to his contract, keeping him at Adams Park until the end of the season. And Stuart Lewis has left the club to join Conference Southside Ebbsfleet. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, coming up, what happened when Justin and I walked through Luton yesterday holding hands? Uh, The big story of the day, and we're not really covering it um, specifically on this show because, well, I don't know what to say. It's the the shootings in in Paris yesterday. 
where I think it's now being pretty much um, agreed that it was uh, Islamic terrorists, went and shot a um, load of people who worked um, what sounds like a, an awful magazine. Doesn't sound like my cup of tea at all. Um, but went and, and, and murdered 12 people there, including uh, um, a couple of police officers as well, and, and people are seriously injured. Uh, it's terrible, terrible, terrible story. It got us talking about rolling news and about how rolling news feels the need to fill everything. And also got us talking about... Um, uh, I can't think of anything apart from my two boys that I would die for. There, there is nothing I believe in strongly enough. I don't believe in doing rubbish uh, cartoons about Mohammed strongly enough or the right to do that to want to take a bullet. I don't think anyone in the office for a moment thought that that was really going to happen. They'd been firebombed. They'd been threatened. They'd had police the protection. The office had been firebombed and their equipment had been damaged. But at that point, oh, personnel hadn't been targeted. No, but they I... did have a police um, guard at the time, didn't Wasn't they? Wasn't there a fella, a cartoonist, in, uh, a Dutch cartoonist about ten years ago that got murdered for, for a similar thing? They yeah, must have known. how many other satirical cartoonists are out there? Yeah, we, they... we do need them. We do need to poke fun at things that people feel, uh, feel nervous about right. talking about, don't we? With the rise of ISIS and with France being such a hot bed of um, extremism on both sides. I mean, there's a real tension there, I, I've been led to believe, that we, we don't even have in this country. They must have known that they um, were, were um, putting their, I was going to say, putting their necks on the lights, an inappropriate phrase, but they must have known that they were genuinely at risk. They must have known. But that is a defiant magazine, isn't it? Yeah, and again, I have to stress this because, Pete, after the boxing debate yesterday, where I was getting so much abuse from idiots on Twitter hearing what they wanted to hear, I'm not in any way justifying this. I think this is atrocious and of course you should be allowed to print and say what you want. I think. I think. I, let's put that out there. I think that's what I, what I think. But I, I, I just think um, if someone pointed a gun at me and said stop doing cartoons about Mohammed, I'd go, um, yeah, OK. Yeah, I'll stop. Yeah. I'll stop. Uh, 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 anyway, I wait four five nine four double five five double five. We've got an email from Steve. Go on. It's quite long, but bear with me. Uh, I was saying to a caller that I, one thing I'm bored of in these situations is uh, um, uh, leaders of the Muslim community going, being hauled out on TV and radio stations saying, well, just, I just want to say that uh, members of the moderate Muslim community, uh, we abhor this kind of violence and this isn't Islam. I'm bored of that. We well, all know because, that. Well, you hope most people but know they don't. that, but we hear the contrary all the time. Steve wants we? more. Really? Ian, if later this morning you speak to any representative of a local Islamic organisation, get them to go further than just condemning what happened. The usual claim from the Islamic community is that terrorists and those who support extreme views are not Muslims. That's fine, but if that really is the case, then they must be apostates. We're getting into the world of semantics right. here. I've yet to hear any Muslim label Islamists with what is the only the appropriate label. Islamists are either apostates or Muslims. Now, I had to look up the word apostate to, to know what it meant, because I wasn't completely sure. It's like a sure. heretic, isn't it? Well, there are two. The noun is a person who renounces a religious or political belief or principle. Or the adjective is abandoning a religious or political belief or principle. But I have heard Muslims saying that these people are not Muslims. No, 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 no. Steve doesn't want that. Oh. That's not going far enough. Steve wants them to come out and use the word apostate. Steve, we're arguing in semantics, mate. 
Islamists are either apostates or Muslims. There's no middle ground. Please speak with a local imam. If he's not willing to publicly state these murderers are apostates, then he's part of the problem. If he's not prepared to make this distinction live on air, what chance is there that he'll tackle extremist views when he encounters them in a mosque or within the local community? Of course, once the judgment of apostasy has been made, Islamic countries have various processes in place, ranging from re-education through to brainwashing and stoning. A local imam would be ideally placed to propose which would be most appropriate regards, Steve. Steve, uh, uh, I think you're... Uh, I don't quite know what your point is. We're arguing semantics. I am more than happy for um, uh, members of the Islamic community to um, say that these people are not Muslims. That's, that's enough for me. I don't quite... I think you're being pedantic for the sake of wanting to stir up a little argument and a little confrontation. There's no need to. And there's no need... But hey, it, Muslims... It further than that. We're talking about, you know, the end of that would be violence. Yeah. Hey, Muslims, and there's, guess what? There's no need for you to come on, on this show, certainly, and de- decry, decree... No, hang on, what's the word? Decry. There's no need for you to come on this show and say that those people aren't Muslims. Well, I know that. Most intelligent people know that, that they're dealing... They're, they're not representative... These, these idiots yesterday in France, they're not representative of Islam. So no-one needs to come on this show and say, as a Muslim, I'm horrified by these things. If you want to come on and say, as a human being, I'm horrified by these things, that's great, that's groovy, that's fine. I, I'm assuming that... The, that uh, um, uh, most of my listeners, the majority of my listeners, are intelligent to know that's the case anyway. And anyone who doesn't know that, well, go and listen to Heart. Here endeth the rant. If you'd like to contribute to the rant, 08459 four double five five double five. That's the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Have we got any texts or anything before uh, I uh, uh, crack on? Well, um, yeah. Well, let, me do, uh, let me do about poo water. Snuffers has been in touch oh, yes, about the avocado lid. Oh, yeah. He says, call it an avabrado. I like it. Hey, yeah. we gave Snuffers that nickname, didn't yeah, we? we did. Yeah, there we was did. a lady snuffers out there. We're not here she's to gone a bit quiet, hasn't she? Yeah, I hope she's all right. Oh, well. So, I was at this, this pantomime last night, and they do a thing where they get the kids up on stage. They didn't pick my kid. They never pick your kid. No, no, no. And he's always heartbroken. There's Aww. always kids. Pro- I wonder whether those kids are real. These kids do you? Are real. These kids are real. Because they're them. always very, very close to the stage, as if they know it's no, going to happen. These, these ones weren't, because no one was close to the stage. I saw, the, I saw them get turned. I bet that was awkward then, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, so this kid, there, and there were, there were four of them. Three of them really, really young. I'm going to say five. And one of them was like about nine. And that was embarrassing for everybody. And he said to the nine-year-old, um, Willie, said to the nine-year-old, um, what'd you get for Christmas? Right. And the kid said the weirdest thing. Oh. Right? One of the kids said a cute, weird thing. And he's like, I don't know what that is. But the kid said, so what did you get for Christmas? Technology. Oh. You feel like you little stuck-up little... And he went, oh, uh, what does that mean? I got a brand of games console. All right, son, you're not... It's not the BBC, you say what it is. It was a PS Vita, it turned out. But what a straight... What kind of life is that child having? What what did you get for Christmas? Technology? Flipping heck. Did you have a good time? Yes, we had a celebration. (laughs) Um, Anyway, the reason I'm talking about technology is because that blooming Bill Gates, he's been drinking poo water. No, he's not, He's drinking poo water. With all his money, he can drink better than that. Billionaire Bill Gates went uh, viral yesterday. I bet he did after drinking poo water. <laughs> he didn't know what's in it. By the way, if you're listening poo. at home, don't try that. Poo's in it. Uh, uh, yesterday, after drink, being filmed drinking a glass of water made from human poo. What did he do that for? No. What well, someone, just someone else's. He's rich enough to not have to drink his own. What? It, what, what? Bill, 59, 59 years old, declared... 
It was, quotes, as good as anything I've drunk from a bottle. What, what did he do that for? For a, for a dare. Someone, someone dared him a billion dollars. That's why he's so rich. It's not through computers anymore. It's through daft uh, bets. Through daft bets. He's like the daft bets with Bill Gates. He's the, my dad. He's the geeky version of uh, your uh, your men on that thing. Uh, what's it called? Great, great comparison. Um, what are they called? The three men and a lady. No, those ones that do the daft things and set electrodes to their um, nipples and that. Top Gears. No, Jackass. Them. Jackass. Whatever. Yeah, don't be rude. The co-founder of my. It's, there's a good point to this. This is why I'm I'm uh, hesitating. No, let's just leave it there. He drank poo water yesterday. No, go on. But, but The co-founder of Microsoft tried out a processing system that converts waste to water in minutes. Called the Omni Processor, it was built by Janaki Industries near Seattle, Washington, and is backed by the Gates Foundation. It'll be uh, piloted in Senegal. It can't be Africa. good for you, though. No, that's the point. He's proving that it's safe, and if he will drink it, then it's good enough Hey, there's for a story else. in the mail. Bill oh, Gates okay. died yesterday. I have a stomach bug. Stop it. <laughs> uh, we've got a tw- uh, text through from Phil, who says, uh, Modern indignation. Morning, Phil. Some people write an angry letter to the Telegraph. Others shoot people with assault rifles. OK. Thanks, Phil. Listen, everyone's saying we should stand up to these terrorists and we should all tweet photos and print photos of, um, uh, you know, the Prophet Muhammad and all of these things. And, Some of those um, cartoons are actually hideous. Uh, I, just, I just think... Uh, I mean, yeah, we should have the right to do that. But if it's going to annoy people to the point where they pick up guns, I'm not that, bo- I'm not that bothered. Freedom of speech is a myth, by the way, anyway. And I know that um, uh, com- uh, Comrade Steve always phones up and says he's got freedom of speech. You certainly don't have freedom of speech on this station. You don't have freedom of speech on any phone-in station in this country. I'm going to say the world, although there'll probably be an exception. For example, you can't come on here and swear. So there's your first uh, limit of speech. Kelly. Uh, Kelly. And you can't come on and libel someone. So there are two massive limitations on your freedom of speech. You get the freedom as long as you're willing to take the responsibility. And these days, people are being held responsible for the smallest things. What about that guy we were talking about yesterday who got fired from his job as a stockbroker for making an admittedly rubbish joke? uh, What was it? Mark Wynne, the uh, local councillor who um, uh, said that uh, uh, food banks were used by the mentally ill and drug addicts. Um, He then kind of tried to qualify that. Well, actually, his qualification didn't match what he'd said at all, but he kind of backtracked and suspended his Twitter account. People start calling for your job these days if you offend them. Yeah, there's the thing. All right, if these, fe- if we're all saying that uh, Je suis Charlie or whatever, if we're all, you know, saying these guys had the right to print that, then Mark Wynne had the right to say that he thinks food banks are for mental people. Uh, that fellow had the right to make a joke about knocking a cyclist over. Uh, p- people have got the right to go on Twitter and say that um, uh, uh, black people are thick. Do you, where and do everyone you... has the right to be offended. Yes. Where do you draw the line? Because everyone is saying defending free speech. You will have a line at where that you you will have a line where that free speech should end. Should it end in saying that um, a, uh, black people are criminals? Is, is that the line? Should it end that we should all go out and beat up black people? Where everyone will have a line. Don't know why I'm keep picking on black people, but everyone will have, will have a line. So where is that? Hey, here's the thing, very quickly, before we uh, do the travel. Where's this? I'm loving the Telegraph at the moment. It's a good old... you've got more time to read in the morning. I come in early now. Yeah. You'll deal with this. Are you producing tomorrow, Kelly? Yeah. I'll be in early. Okay. Cool. What time? Uh, Five to five. Wonderful. I'll be in at six. Kelly, where where do you uh, leave your spare key? I don't have a spare key. What? You don't have a spare key at all? No. Do you not have a spare key with a friend or neighbour? 
No, I don't have a spare key. Well, how do you get in and out if you lose your key, as I did yesterday? Um, everybody else in my house has a key. OK, I like that. Yeah, OK. Well, well, Next door neighbour's got a key. My yeah. mum's got a key. My mother-in-law's got a key. Yeah. I, uh, I'm uh, quite handy at breaking in as well. I can't break in. We've got a new door and I can't break this door. I can break a Yale lock easily with a plastic bottle of water. No. I'm not, saying, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying how, but I can do it with a bottle of water. I can break, I can break a Yale lock. So watch it, kids. Uh, my uh, mother-in-law lives around the corner. has got a spare key. But I was um, uh, uh, looking for some post that had, I'd uh, left in a secret place. I, I, I'd asked them to leave it by the plant pot, right? So I moved the plant pot. I found a spare key under it. <gasps> I thought it's not there now, burglars, so don't try it. But there was a spare... Did you put it there? No! My missus put it there! A spare... I was furious! She put a spare key under the plant pot! Here's a true story. It's quite clever, though, actually. You know I've got friends who uh, were in the SAS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went round to one of their you don't ha- go on about it mates' much. houses. No, yeah. we went round to one of their mates. They let each other into... They- There's no point locking your door against the SAS. Just let me tell you this. Especially when your mate knows where you keep the spare key. He had a pretend rock. Yeah, the pretend, the fake rocks. But yeah. the fake rocks look like fake rocks. They look a bit, they look clean. This was a pretty good one. Really? Yeah. I've seen the fake... Probably uh, MOD Thousands standards. of families are burgled each year by thieves who found poorly hidden house keys, uh, says uh, the Daily Telegraph. Police figures show more than 6,000 pro- burglaries last year involved intruders using keys. You, they, you can't get claim insurance on that, can you, no. if they let themselves in like that? A third of uh, uh, the most common hiding places are under a plant pot, 19%, under a bin, 13%, under a rock, 13%, uh, under a doormat or under a, uh, a, a garden gnome. Do you know what we need? Yep. More treasure maps. <laughs> oh, I love a treasure map. Stain it with tea to make it look old. Oh. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 northbound, the Highways Agency have reported an accident between Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handycross roundabout and 5 for the A40 at Stoke and Church. Having a look at the speed sensors and the A40 in High Wycombe, that's looking quite busy on London Road in both directions. Also in Bradenham on Wycombe Road, that's very heavy between Small Dean Lane at Bradenham and the A40 at High Wycombe. In Hamel Hempstead on the A41 southbound, it's very slow between the Two Waters Road and the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley. And having a look at the cameras in Watford, Exchange Road is very busy busy around Beach and Grove. On the A1 southbound, it's very slow approaching the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks there. And on the trains, if you're heading into London, there's minor delays on the London Overground and on the Piccadilly line. And East Coast, a warning of possible delays this evening and tomorrow because of a storm forecast this evening in Scotland. So passengers heading that way today are advised to travel in the daytime today if possible instead of tonight or tomorrow. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 7.47, Thursday the 8th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tesco is shutting its head office in Cheshunt next year and will move its... Ba- I'm struggling to say Cheshunt. Cheshunt. Che- it's Cheshunt, because I'm going for the shirt. Yeah. Cheshunt. Yeah. OK. Thank you. Tesco is shutting its head office in Cheshunt next year and will move its base to Welling uh, Garden City. The company is also shutting 43 unprofitable stores. French police hunting the gunmen who killed 12 people in yesterday's attack in Paris say one of the three suspects has surrendered to officers. And routine surgery will continue to be cancelled at Bedford Hospital due to an unprecedented demand on the service. Coming up, what happened when Justin and I went for a walk through Luton holding hands? Before that, let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. Well, it's a mild start to the day. We've already just about reached our peak with the highs of 10 degrees Celsius. Those temperatures will drop off as we head through the afternoon. And this rain is gradually making its journey to uh, the east. So we'll see the back of that around lunchtime, leaving us with some sunny spells for the afternoon. Now, the winds that we had through the night are, are gradually easing through the day, but they will pick up again tonight. We've got cloud increasing as uh, ahead of this rain that's going to be coming in in the early hours of the morning. That's fairly patchy, though, so nothing too significant. Um, and it does pass before daybreak because the wind, because of the force of the wind behind it. Temperatures tonight down to about 5 degrees Celsius. And tomorrow, some sunny spells. Still uh, pretty breezy with some patchy rain in the afternoon. And we're entering a mild period then. So we've got temperatures up to 12 degrees Celsius, perhaps even above that more locally. Uh, Friday night, a wet, windy but mild night and a cloudy, drizzly start to Saturday. It does brighten up later on, but it's still going to be pretty blustery. And uh, with some sunny spells on Sunday, but still a breezy day and wet and windy on Monday. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday morning. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Local opinions. We think it's absolutely shocking that this young man should continue to have to be punished. He hasn't even shown any remorse or said sorry. Well, firstly, I have to disagree. The JVS Show. Well, but we're not living in very optimistic times. But it does seem very clear, doesn't it? They're human beings. Some are good people, some are bad. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's a question. If you saw two fellows or two girls uh, holding hands as they're walking down the street, how would you react? I wouldn't... uh, I would probably clock... I would probably register it, but that would be it. I was about to say, I wouldn't even notice. I don't think you'd register the girls. I think that there's a double standard. No, I would register the girls. No, I would. I, I, I would, because actually, I, I've spotted it, and it, a, a little ding has gone on my head. Knee-jerk reaction. Uh, it's uh, almost impossible to control... You, you can't control it immediately. It takes years of training to control the knee-jerk reaction or to get past it. So, yes, I have spotted girls holding hands and gone ding, and the same with fellas. But that would be it. Well, yesterday we spoke to a 23-year-old uh, man, uh, Nick, uh, who suffered a tirade of homophobic abuse on a train near Northwood Station. But th- while he was telling us that, he also told us what happens sometimes when he goes out holding his boyfriend's hand. I was a little bit terrified, but I'm, being a gay guy, I'm sort of used to this. I'm kind mm. of happening with, um, you know, around London and... Um, Another place. I'm not used to it on the tube, but, uh, you know, it happens. Because um, I, I, I go to London a lot, and I always yeah. thought that London was kind of, you know, was very metropolitan, and, well, it's literally metropolitan, but also, you know, very open to, to all different uh, uh, lifestyles. Are you, do you get a lot of this in London, then? Um, it's, uh, fairly. I think it's uh, when I'm holding hands with another guy, if I'm kissing another guy, yes. Um, I do get a lot of it um, if, if I'm doing those kind of things. Um, not necessarily if I'm on my own. No. So if you're walking down anything. the street holding your boyfriend's hand, what yeah. ki- again, obviously, we probably can't use the exact language, what kind of yeah. things do people say to you? Uh, dirty bye boys, um, things like that. You know, you t- uh, look at these two, look at those gays over there. It's, those you know, g- it's, look at those gays over there. Who says that? They sound like children. Another guy holding hands. Look at those gays. Oh, look at those gays over there. <clears throat> well, I was shocked wasn't completely... Well, I was a bit surprised, but not completely. But, I, Catherine, you came up with an excellent idea yesterday, off the, uh, off the cuff. What was your idea? Well, why don't we try it and see if it works? And see if you can, f- you can experience what they experience. I mean, so we did. Justin, it wasn't a scientific experiment. No, it wasn't scientific, and it was only for ten minutes. Justin and I went to Luton, holding each other's hands, um, and uh, literally, we, we did it for about twelve minutes. 
If you want to see the video, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. But this is what happened. We've kind of walked about, what, three or four minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've had looks. We've definitely had looks, haven't we? We've had looks, and I saw uh, a dad usher a child away from us. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, there was a dad walking with his kid, and he kind of made... He clocked the hands, clocked us, and... Come on, love, come with me. Really? I didn't see that. There was another person just up there. um, But they also said, look, they're holding hands. I could hear them. I could hear them say they're holding hands. I definitely heard that. (laughs) Guys, can we ask you a ten-second question? That's all it is. Ian, okay, Ian, Ian. we were holding hands walking down the road, just, and I think you it was yourself, sir, and you said, you said, uh, okay, I, I, I just want to know why is that? Because I don't agree. We ain't got time to fact. go into that right now. <laughs> just give us ten seconds no, of your time, sir. So what? You. No, no, that's, you insulted your own opinion, but why did you say, uh? Because I thought it was disgusting. Why did you think it was disgusting? Because it's disgusting. Just ask a question. He doesn't agree, obviously, with homosexuality. He's got a stigma, he's a teenage boy. You know what I mean? Do you agree with it? You saw us walking down the road as well. I'm not against it, but I don't like it in my face, to be honest. It does make me feel a little bit embarrassed if you two were to embracing a kiss. I would feel a little bit awkward, but that's about as far as it would go. I'm not like, I wouldn't be like, oh "Oh my God, I've never had anything to do with you because you're gay. You know what I mean? I'm not narrow-minded in that way. what the perception is. We were just holding okay. hands. How did that make you feel as you walked past us? No, I was just like, oh, look at them two guys holding hands. Because, especially in Luton as well, you don't see that. Yeah. You wouldn't see well, that. You weren't so keen, you thought it was disgusting. <laughs> Why you're saying that, that you've, actually, you've actually got your hands down your trousers right now. I'd, I'd say that was more disgusting, wouldn't you? <laughs> That's up to you. That's up to you. Would you hold my hand now? No. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't particularly after it's been down there. I'm just saying. No, I would not hold your but hand. Why, what, what's wrong with just two people just showing that they love each other? I just think it's wrong for two men. I think it's disgusting, in my opinion. Gosh. 08459 That was literally, we were 12 minutes it it took to get that, and it wasn't even that busy uh, in Lucent. Listening to that, Richard Lane from uh, the lesbian, gay and bisexual charity Stonewall. Morning, Richard. Good morning. Am I naive to be shocked by this? Um, I think probably a lot of gay people across Britain wouldn't be shocked by it. I think it's an experience that a lot of people have, actually, it resonated with me as I, I grew up in Bedfordshire and I remember having my very first date in Luton um, with a chap who tried to hold my hand and um, I remember feeling back then very uncomfortable because I knew people were, were looking and staring and, and, and judging that. And that um, was so I think a, a lot of people won't be shocked. And that was the thing last night, who, uh, uh, sorry, that was the thing yesterday, uh, which may have not have come across there. We were getting lots of people looking at us, so lots of staring, whereas if I'd been holding the hands of a girl, we would have been invisible. I, I just, yeah, well, I I just wondered right. what that feels like to, if you're out with someone who you're in love with, to be constantly looked at. I think from a from a very young age, gay people learn to censor themselves, and you know, people all the time will say that if they're in central London, perhaps in Soho, they will happily hold their partner's hand. But as soon as they get out of there, they they stop and they they make sure that they don't show anyone any affection. You know, we see time and time again stories. I think one of, there was another one yesterday. People thrown off public transport, people thrown out of taxis, simply for giving the person they love um, a kiss. And this is in 2015 in modern Britain, and yeah. it's, it's a real shame. Richard, I spoke to a guy last night who said that he will not take the chance. So he, he completely put it, puts it out of his mind. Sometimes he feels like he would like to, but it's just com- something he would never consider doing because of what people might think. That's terrible, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it, it's not just people worried about what people might think. One in six gay people have been a victim of a hate crime or incident in Britain in the last three years alone. That's people who are being viciously and violently attacked, um, often on the streets of our cities and towns. So it's not that they're just worried that people are judging them. People fear for their safety. Richard, one final thing, uh, just to clarify, if you wouldn't mind, because we, we put this on Facebook. And loads of people have seen it. Most have been um, uh, really positive comments. There have been a few you kind of lazy homophobic uh, comments. And one or two people, Richard, have said that what we're doing is we are being patronising towards the gay community by having done this, uh, and um, that it's it's kind of just a cheap shock tactic. Now, so this, people thought we were taking the Mickey. Yeah. Well, I just what I I, uh, I just what are we taking the Mickey, Richard? Have we have we done a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, no, I watched the film and I thought it didn't come across like that at all. I think, okay. actually, it simply reflected what a lot of people experience on a daily basis. Good. And I think it's important to stress that, you know, this isn't an issue in Luton. This is an issue in yeah. in towns, villages and cities all across the country that people experience. The same bloke I was talking to last night said he was pleasantly surprised that only one person said anything. But it was just after yeah. 10 minutes, that's the thing. I, if we, if we, I, I think if we'd gone out in the evening and we'd been out there for an hour, I suspect we would have got a lot yeah. more. Yeah. Richard, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Richard Lane from Stoneport. So more. I, I just, because, you know, I'm, hey, I'm a, a straight middle class guy. So it, I, I, it, it did, some of these accusations yesterday did concern me that maybe it, it was t- patronising or taking the mic. It wasn't coming from that place at all, but I just, you know, wanted to clarify. It's, uh, go and have a look at the video, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. And if you've uh, come across it as a, a, a gay or bisexual or uh, lesbian or transgender or anything like that, let us know. Because it kind of breaks my heart. That's one of the great things about being in love, is walking along the street holding hands. Just holding hands. We won't even, you know, there's not even... You know I have problems with anybody snogging in the street, whatever their sexuality. I don't, I don't particularly approve of it. But holding hands, what a nice thing. And some people feel uncomfortable and that they're, they're unable to do it. 08459 four double five five double five. You can also text 81333. Start your text uh, 3CR. Uh, oh, don't forget, from tomorrow, it's Friday tomorrow, we're having our first kind of open door policy. I haven't got a name for it yet. We'll come up with something um, clunky and awkward. Between half past seven and eight o'clock... If you want to turn up at the studio tomorrow uh, and come and sit in the studio with me and have a chat, you're more than welcome to. If you've got kids, you've got elderly people, you can bring them as well. Don't bring pets. Please do not bring pets. I don't want pets. Unless they're really cute, like little dogs or a kitten. Oh, I mean, if you have to bring them, do, but, I mean, oh, blimey. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, a lorry has broken down at Junction 23 for the A1M, so that's partially blocking the exit slip road and causing queues now from Junction 24 for Potters Bar. On the M40 northbound, the accident has now been cleared between Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handicross Roundabout and 5 for Stoke and Church, but on the M1 southbound, uh, there is an accident at Junction 15 for Northampton, That's and uh, between there and Junction 14 for Milton Keynes, it's part, a lane blocked there because of the accident, so it's very slow. In Stevenage on the A6 602 westbound it's looking very busy between the A1M Junction 8 for Stevenage and Paynes Park and in Watford Exchange Road's looking very slow on the speed sensors. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio.
technical and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Tesco to move Hertfordshire head office. Hunt continues for Paris gunmen and still no routine surgery at Bedford Hospital. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tesco is shutting its head office in Chessant in Hertfordshire next year and will move its base to Wellingarden City. The company is also shutting 43 unprofitable stores and will close its final salary pension scheme. Tesco has announced a 2.9% drop in sales in the 19 weeks to January the 3rd. Third, sales were down 0.3% over the six-week Christmas period. Keith Slater is a retail expert. I think they stopped listening to their customers some time ago. They got distracted by developing new things. They've developed strongly in America. they developed strongly in the Far East. And maybe they just took their eyes off the ball a little bit, which often happens with people who are the prime retailer in any particular sector. Meanwhile, Marks & Spencer has reported a fall in sales of 5.8% in the 13 weeks to December the 20th. French police hunting the gunman who killed 12 people in yesterday's attack in Paris say one of the three suspects has surrendered to officers. The French Prime Minister says both remaining suspects had been known to the intelligence services. Here, the Home Secretary, Theresa May, will chair a meeting of the government's emergency COBRA committee this morning to discuss Britain's response to the attack. From Paris, Lucy Williamson. The targets of this manhunt are now two brothers, Saeed and Sharif Kouachi, both French citizens in their early 30s. Police say another man, 18-year-old Hamid Murad, has handed himself in, reportedly after seeing his name on social media. An operation in the eastern city of Reims overnight ended without any arrests. Routine surgery will continue to be cancelled at Bedford Hospital due to an unprecedented demand on the service. Health bosses say the number of emergency admissions have increased by 25% since Christmas, particularly among the elderly. But Colette McKeveney from Age Concern in Luton says elderly people do need hospital treatment. People are going to hospital for one reason, and that's because they're really ill. Um, they're too ill to be nursed in the community, generally speaking, and that's why they're going. They're not going for fun. If they need to be in hospital, if they need to go to A&E, then, you know, we need to make sure there's enough capacity to take care of them. Two drug companies have attacked the decision by a government fund to stop providing some of their cancer treatments to new NHS patients. One of the companies, ASI, recently opened a new multi-million pound manufacturing plant in Hatfield for a new cancer treatment. Hitchin singer James Bay has come second in the BBC's Sound of poll for 2015. He was first heard on BBC on tr- introducing here on Three Counties Radio. The Sound of list was started in 2003 and has a history of predicting major new stars, including Sam Smith, Adele, and Ellie Goulding. In sport, Luton resumed League Two action this evening with a televised match at home to fellow promotion hopeful Shrewsbury. New loan striker Jaden Stockley is set to make his debut, and Oldham are hoping to complete the signing of convicted rapist Ched Evans today, despite a backlash from some sponsors and a 60,000 strong petition. The weather, rain clearing this morning to leave sunny intervals and some scattered heavy showers. Dry this afternoon, a maximum temperature 10 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. There's a boss that keeps on calling me Down the road is where I'll always be Stop, I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around 
When you get a member of the local Muslim community on to comment on what happened in Paris... Not going to. Can you please ask them if they think the same would happen in this country if someone depicted an image of the Prophet? Phil, are you listening? Yeah, Phil, we're not, we're not doing that. I just think... It, I, I am so bored of uh, leaders of the Muslim community coming out every time there's an atrocity, saying, well, just obviously we condemn... Uh, the, we, know, we know, don't we? We're intelligent enough to know that most Muslims disagree with what happened yesterday. There's no point holding those people to account. Nothing to do with them. You might as well get my mum on to speak... You know, you might as well get a human being to speak about it. It's pointless. Anyway. Talk about human beings. Hello. Men holding hands. Oh, yeah. Uh, My heritage, says Nana, is African, where it's normal for brothers and friends to walk in town holding hands. But thanks to living in this country, that's seen as seedy. Yeah. And my sons will grow up thinking uh, that, uh, with this knowledge, and not be able to do this. When did holding hands become exclusively heterosexual? Yeah, hey, that's a good line. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I don't like people kissing or holding hands in public, gay or not gay. I'm far too conservative. And I vote Labour, says Tony. Oh, wow. I like the holding hands in public. I don't like the kissing in public. I really, of any, any uh, sexuality. Oh, all right. No, it really... It's not. I mean, sometimes it gets to the point where you think... You, you see really. a couple on, on a bench and you, you, know, you want to go and give them 50 quid so they can go and rent a hotel room. Yeah, but when I was a teenager, the bench was the only place it could be done. Yeah, well, yeah, you were going out with um, Twitchy the Tramp, so that was... <laughs> That and uh, Mark the Trucker says Ian and Justin looked a little bit comfortable holding hands. It was nice. He's a mate. It was nice. 
There's nothing wrong with it. He's a mate. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, uh, Tesco is uh, set to announce it's cutting prices for hundreds of branded products. Follow similar cuts by Asda and Sainsbury's. The Hertfordshire-based supermarket group has seen falling profits, falling sales and accounting problems over the past year. Joined by John Ryan, stores editor of Retail Week and he's a, a retail journalist. Morning, John. Morning. I've got some of the figures in front of me that, that have, have been announced. Um... Yeah. The firm is Tesco is going to close 43 stores. Yeah. Shelving plans to open a further 49 stores. Yeah. Um and well the figures aren't necessarily as bad as they were going to be. Let me just let me read th- three numbers and then we can talk about them. Sure. Um sales sales over the holiday period were down uh, 0.3% on the year before, up 0.1% UK. Yep. If fuel sales were included, overall comparable sales for the three months to the beginning of January were down two point nine percent. Yeah, is is that as bad as we were expecting? Um, no, it's not actually. It's really it's really quite positive compared yeah. to what many were saying, um, and I think. Uh, it's a pleasant surprise in some ways. I mean, Dave Lewis, the new chief executive who's been sort of parachuted in, um, is no, or was known in his previous place as Drastic Dave. Yes, that's, the way a, that's which, a great yeah, name. It's a great name for the way in which he um, goes ahead and does what needs to be done. Um, and you know what? The first indications are when you look at this that um, he's making headway very quickly and far more in a very short stewardship than his predecessor has done. I'm looking at the, the BBC website, which is where I'm getting uh, all of these figures from. They, they plan yeah. to make cuts of a quarter, uh, £250 million, pounds, mm-hmm. considering closing its staff pension scheme. Yeah. Um, and um, it's getting rid, rid of things like Tesco, Broadband, and its online entertainment service, Blinkbox. Blinkbox and that's yeah. one of the problems, isn't it, John? That it, it, it stopped selling... Well, you know, it added more things than just fruit and veg. It started branching out too, too widely. It lost sight of what it does best, or what it's there to do, and they thought they could be all things to all people. And of course, you can't, even if you're only if if you're um, near to thirty percent of the total UK market, you still cannot be all things to all people because there are experts doing things better than you will be able to, and therefore they've come a bit of a cropper, to be honest. Is uh, it does sound drastic making cuts of two hundred and fifty million pounds? Ah, yes, but don't forget they overstated their profit figure by a sum not not, not far off that. Right. um, And had a profit warning not so very, just a few weeks ago. Um, So I think stuff needs to be done. Well, I don't think. We know, yes. We know, Mr Lewis knows as well. Can they turn this around, John? Because uh, while Tesco have been sliding, uh, Aldi Mm. and Lidl uh, have really kind of... um, well, they've taken a hold with, with the middle classes, haven't they? Um, well, that's what you'd like to think. Yes, they're doing okay. Yes, they're, adi- they're adding to their uh, market share, but it's still a relatively small market share when you compare it to the big players. Right. Um, the other thing that's perhaps worth noting is that today is a day in which um, Tesco launches wholesale price caps across all its stores in food. Um, so they're obviously t- tackling that problem head-on. In the same way, it's a price war, of course. Mm. But um, and the interesting question, really, I suppose, is what sort of effect? If you're an investor, what sort of an effect is that going to have on margins? Because mm. you can cut prices, get customers in, but ultimately, you're there to make a profit for your shareholders. John, uh, fascinating stuff. Thank you very much indeed, John Ryan, retail journalist, stores editor of Retail Week. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Uh, we've got an email. Uh, Ian, I've been listening most of the morning. I've become quite frustrated with the general feeling surrounding this whole Charlie Hebdo tragedy in France. I've been frustrated by the assumption that this is a Muslim problem... Excuse me, or a problem with Islam. Chris, your caller earlier called on right-minded and moderate Muslims to come forward and denounce these terrorists. But why should they have to? Did the church get called out to denounce David Koresh and the Branch Davidians and the subsequent brainwashing of Timothy McVeigh that led to the Oklahoma bombing? No. Did the church in America get called to denounce Jim Jones after he convinced 900 to consume cyanide and commit mass murder? The reason they didn't have to was because the twisted ideologies of these people were so far removed from the teachings of any church that these characters uh, are quite rightly categorised as extremists. The actions of the men that murdered these journalists are so far removed from Islam that to wheel out local imams and community leaders is ridiculous. Don't give in to the clamour. Don't get them on the show. You don't need to. We're not going to. Never going to on, on, on a show that, that I kind of have a little bit of say in. And I assume you're the same, Catherine. Absolutely. What we, purpose would it serve? We get some, some local uh, Muslim fellow to come on and say, yeah, I'm a leader of Muslims, and uh, boy, oh boy, do we denounce this. OK. And so the people who aren't happy with the number of Muslims standing up to denounce it aren't going to be happy with that guy's no. explanation either. We've already had someone say they want them to be denounced as apostates, and it turns out that I've had a few people emailing that uh, being an apostate in Islam is actually a bigger deal than perhaps uh, I gave it credit for. But, but still, you're arguing over a word. They've said they're not Muslims. What more... You know, I, 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 and it there does... was a whole thing, wasn't there, on Twitter? Not in my name. People taking yep. pictures of themselves. They shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, I just, I, I do. We know that it's not like you, you, the fella living next door to you. We know it's not the. We know that this is a complete, twisted uh, and false interpretation of Islam. But there you go. Some people don't know that. Some people, some people don't know that. Oh eight four five. But we won't be having we won't be having anybody unless they phone up spontaneously and feel the the great desire to come on and say that. We're certainly not going to book any um, local imams on this show to come on and, and say they denounce it. Because do you know what? We kind of take it as read. What what would what would be interesting is if a local imam called up and said, "Well, do you know what? I don't denounce it." But they, they won't do that. You know, won't, won't do that because they, they you know. Oh dear, what a mess. What a mess. What a mess. What a, isn't the world a strange place at the moment? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Have we got any texts? Yeah, Catherine? we've got loads and they're quite wordy. You know, if you're going to write a really long text, why not just give us a ring? John says, just heard your piece on men holding hands in public. Right after what you said about drawing pictures about the Prophet Muhammad. Yep. My question was this. If your position is that you should be allowed to hold hands in public in spite of the fact it might offend people, that's not a question, is it? Mm. You should be allowed to hold hands with who you want. Then why don't you think you should be able to draw pictures of the Prophet? Both acts essentially touch upon right. intolerance. To in one case, intolerance of others drawing pictures of the Prophet, in the another, intolerance of homosexuals. I don't think uh, that you should... I think you should be able to draw pictures of, of the Prophet. Um, and I'm, these, I'm saying this as, as, as it comes, so it's a little bit ill-thought-out. I just... If I was going to get shot for holding hands, I wouldn't hold hands. I, I just, I just, you know, I, I kind of draw the line at taking a bullet for a belief, really. I think you should be able to draw pictures. Unfortunately, there are people, and there's, there's actually some really good arguments on Twitter uh, for, for why those pictures should be published and why we shouldn't stand up to bullies. But I just know, uh, why, sorry, why we should stand up to bullies. I know that if there was a bully with a gun in his hand, I would say whatever they wanted me to say to keep myself alive. That's what I'd do. Uh, Ian, stay there. I will come to you after this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M25 anti-clockwise, there's been a breakdown at Junction 23 for the A1M. A lorry's broken down. It's partially blocking the exit slip road there, and it's causing queues for Junction 24 for Potters Bar. On the M1 southbound, it's very slow between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and 15 for Northampton because of an accident. And on the A1M southbound, that's looking slow on the speed sensors between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. In Stevenage, on the A602 towards the uh, A1M, that's looking very slow between Junction 8 for Hitchin and Paynes Park and in Hartford on Gascoigne Way that's looking slow on the speed sensors around 4th Street. On the trains if you're heading into London there are severe delays on the Piccadilly line and minor delays on the London Overground. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey up Sammy! Oh. 8.16, it's Thursday the 8th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tesco is shutting its head office in Chessant next year and will move its base to Welland Garden City. The company is also shutting 43 stores. The French Prime Minister says several people have been arrested as part of the search for two men wanted in connection with the murder of 12 people in Paris yesterday. And routine surgery will continue to be cancelled at Bedford Hospital due to an unprecedented demand on the service. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. You'll be lucky if you think they're going to work. You'll be lucky. Work? No, of course not. Oh, they don't work. No, of course not. No headphones work at all. Well, well you can get, you'll get one of those working. Oh. Don't know which Let's one. Let's try. Let's try that. You got it? Yep. Uh, no, they don't work. No, either. OK, they're there we go. Plugged in. Fantastic. Oh, they're not plugged in. Hang on a second. There we go. Oh. No, don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. No one's, no one's really paying any attention. Ah, oh, yes, that's better. You okay? Yeah, that's you in? better now. Yeah, I mean, locked and loaded. I can hear the radio station. Huh? <laughs> I can hear you. It's my favourite, favourite joke of all. Of my second favourite joke is it? Yeah. My favourite joke is when, um, and I say it every time, and no one laughs. Do you know, you know what my favourite joke is, don't you, Catherine? Is it when you say February? No, no. What? You know when you say February? When you think it's... You, you say that and you pronounce all the R's. It's not a joke. Uh, oh. That's called pronunciation. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm pronouncing the word correctly. I'm pronouncing the R's. I've, I've never heard anyone pronounce it like you do. No, no one else speaks properly. <laughs> no, my favourite joke is when someone says they've been doing something for a long time and I say, oh, you must be tired. I've been driving for 30 years. Oh, you must be tired. I've been uh, the captain of a ship for 25 years. Oh, you must be tired. Oh. Yeah. Guys, yes, it's a brilliant joke. Thank you so much. That means so much. <laughs> it's good. What's on your show today, boss? Coming up on the big phone in this morning <clears throat> from nine. After the tragic events in Paris, should the press be more careful when discussing Islam? I know you've just been talking about this. The president of the Muslim Association of Great Britain has told the BBC that journalists should consider whether or not it's worth trying to make people laugh if you know you're going to hurt other people's feelings. His comments came hours after 12 people were killed in Paris when, when French satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo was targeted by gunmen shouting Islamic slogans. The magazine was firebombed back in 2011 after printing cartoons which depicted the Prophet Muhammad as part of its humorous take on news and current affairs. Ian Hislop, who edits British satirical magazine Private Eye, has called yesterday's killings a murderous attack on free speech in the heart of Europe. Well, from nine this morning, I want to hear your thoughts on this. After the tragic events in Paris, should the press be more careful when discussing Islam? I'd love to hear your view. 08459 455 555. Tonight, there's an extra three-county sport. 
We're with Luton as they host Shrewsbury in a top six clash. Now Rooney with a shot, that's going in. Luke Rooney left-footed, plugs it into the bottom corner. There'll be all the build-up, uninterrupted commentary and all the reaction at the final whistle. I thought it was a terrific game, to be honest. I think it warmed the supporters up from both teams. Luton versus Shrewsbury tonight from 7, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, 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 let's be having you. I have, um, you saw what came for the post for me today, didn't you? Yeah. I'm going to be in dead trap. My wife's going to kill me. I have bought, um, well, it's, um, it's kind of a retro gaming console. I like my old video games, okay? I like my NES and me Mega Drives and me um, Game Boys and all of those stuff, right? This is a console that allows you to play all of those old games. It's got about six different cartridge slots for all different things. And but, you plug it but, into the telly. But, is this going to be like when I bought Hello. Bagpuss video what? and the Monkey Magic videos in that I shouldn't have gone back there because I remembered them as being no. better than they were? No, I've always been... A, I, I had a massive retro gaming collection until we moved and then I got rid of it. But now I don't need to have a massive collection because I can have it all on this machine. So, no, it'd be like you getting a record player. Okay, fair enough. I yeah. completely understand. I'll it, be then. sending you pictures of me dancing around in my pants. Do yeah. I didn't send you that picture? No, that's no? how I imagined it. Oh, uh, that's how I imagine a lot of the pictures you send me. <laughs> but let's not go there. Uh, so yeah, so that's what I'm going to be playing with. Oh, well, I haven't got any games yet. Oh well, I might have some. At my mum's. Hey, brilliant! She doesn't chuck anything out. Your mum's ace. My room, my bedroom is like a stockpile of all my stuff. It's like Time Team. If I go down about four layers, those yeah. um, Nintendo games will be there. Yeah. Oh, have a little look. Um, Isn't there a, a computer and game exchange in uh, Luton? Yeah, but I don't know whether they'll have that stuff. They might They might have in a dark, distant corner. Should we go and have a look? Yes, yeah, we're going to have a look afterwards. Not that I want to come over and play. And what time does... Uh, you can bash my buttons any time you want. And what no, time... you'll moan about it. Boys don't like being beaten by button bashers. You won't beat me? I will. Uh, what time does um, Andy's record store open? I think it's half ten, maybe. I wasn't planning on sticking around. Oh, actual Andy, not Andy's records. I was going to say oh, that. hang on. That's from the olden days, oh, isn't it? No, yeah, the, the record store in, in, uh, in Luton. I think he goes uh, Muso rules, doesn't he? Is he oh, about ten o'clock? flipping oh, heck. Wonderful. Do you fancy oh. a walk? Fancy a little walk, yeah. Oh, let's go for a walk. Fancy a walk and a fancy a Dixie's. No, I don't fancy Dixie's because I'm losing weight. No, Dixie's, that's out. Oh, we'll that's find out. a healthy option. We'll yeah. find an avocado shop. Have a falafel or something. Oh, eight four five nine, four double five five double five is the telephone number. Don't forget to go and have a look at uh, the video of Justin and I walking through Luton holding hands. Facebook.com forward slash BBC Three CR, and we'll take some of your uh, comments on that in a bit. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Routine surgery is continuing to be cancelled at Bedford Hospital due to what health bosses are calling an unprecedented demand on the service. The number of emergency admissions has increased by 25% since Christmas, uh, with the majority being very uh, frail elderly patients over the age of 80. There's something wrong with that line. The number of emergency emissions has increased by 25% since Christmas. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but we'll pursue this anyway. Colette Marshall is the hospital's medical director. Good morning, Colette. Hi there, Ian. Colette, but th- why do you think so many of your patients are over 80? Oh, post-Christmas. Oh, it is post-Christmas, excuse me. Why are they s- so many of them over 80, do you think? Um, I think it's um, a reflection of our ageing population. We know that increasingly people are living longer. Um, as they live longer, they accumulate a greater number of chronic diseases. 
And so the patients that we've seen coming up to the hospital have a very large number of diseases that they cope with on a day-to-day basis. And I don't know what it is about the end of December, beginning of January, whether there perhaps has been some kind of um, respiratory cold-type virus out there that has resulted in a lot of illness. But for whatever reason, this um, group of very elderly patients who are very frail with a lot of other illnesses um, have suddenly started presenting to our department in very large numbers. Um, so it's not really known at the moment why that, that is. It, when, when a story like this gets out, and I've tried to tread as carefully as I can uh, around this today, um, uh, we spoke to someone from Age Concern who's worried that elderly people are being um, used a little bit as a political football, that they're being pr- portrayed uh, as a waste of NHS resources. Oh, um, no, I mean, that's not true at all. The patients we've been seeing have been extremely sick and seriously Mm. unwell. Um, I think the message that we've been trying to get out there is that because we've had such a significant pressure on our department, if you have any minor ailments, if you're younger or fitter, the best port of call probably is going to be your GP because if you come up to our department in the midst of all these other um, patients there, you're probably going to be waiting for um, longer than we would like so we've been trying to divert patients who are um, more fit with just minor ailments to their GP have you got any is there any figure Colette on the percentage of people who who turn up at A&E but don't actually need to be at A&E because I'm trying to think the few times I've been there in the last couple of years um, I, I don't remember seeing anybody who looked like they just had a paper cut or you know looked like they were swinging the lead a bit Mm. Um, I think um, those kind of patients are extremely rare and anecdotally we do hear of people but in general people do have genuine problems what we do know um, is that about 10% of the patients that come here we can put into our out of our GP service which Mm. we have um, within our accident and emergency department in the evening so um, we know that 10% of patients that come here um, are suitable for GPs to see Okay. Um, but, you know, they do have genuine problems. Um, we're not accusing anyone of coming here and not actually being no. well in any way. Uh, when do you think routine surgery can, can uh, possibly start again? Um, I think we're predicting maybe Monday. Okay. Um, it's probably unlikely to be tomorrow, but we'll be making that decision later on in the day today. Um, so I, I reckon it might be Monday. We are still doing surgery. We're still doing the life and limb-threatening cases. Yeah. Um, but anything that's routine, I'm afraid we've had to cancel. Okay. Colette, I appreciate you coming on this morning. Thank you very much. Hopefully things will get back to uh, normal as soon as possible. Colette Marshall, uh, Bedford Hospital's medical director. Um, oh, okay. We're going to go to a caller, but he's uh, he's dropped out. Isn't it? He's dropped out. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Hey, there's a cracking st- Twitter comes under a lot of um, fire, primarily because it's ru- boy. Oh boy, I was getting so much abuse. I was getting so much abuse yesterday, Catherine, from boxers <laughs> on Twitter because of that plum. Was it Adam? Andy? Adam? Adam? Yes. Who misheard. He, he mi- misheard something and then went on Twitter and told everybody what he'd misheard. As and everyone fact. piled in. Everyone literally piled in. I got all these boxers having a right old pop at me. The irony being, we were saying they were being accused of being aggressive. <laughs> Thick and aggressive. And you know what, guys? You, if, if that had have been my argument, then you would have been backing it up perfectly well. It, and then they're all starting a hashtag, get Ian sacked. Thanks, guys. Well, I wish you the best of luck in your careers. 
So thanks. I'll, I'll, I'm going to have to go to Paul after half past because okay. we'll, go, we'll go there in a minute. Um, uh, but but Twitter can be for use for the power of good. Yeah. Have you seen this story in the, the the paper today about this fella? He's on a train. <laughs> oh yeah. And I've done this. You're on a tr- you're not well, on a train. I'm not on a train. I don't ever expect paper on there. No, I did this. I did this in Acosta's, where I um, went to the toilet and there was no toilet paper. And I, I tweeted humorously about it. In the end, um, I found a way around the scenario. Okay, I got. I got when it happens at home, who do you shout? Because I um, we have a, we have a shout. I I, I I cry for a minion. And what do the children come up with the toilet roll? I, no, I have a waddle. The space invader. A waddle. I cut myself. Yeah. Anyway. This poor, poor lad, Adam Greenwood, he's only 16. He coped with it in a, a remarkable way, r- remarkably mature way for a 16-year-old. A teen joked on Twitter he had no r- loo roll on a train toilet and had some delivered minutes later after the rail bosses read his message. Well done. Adam Greenwood, 16, told his followers he'd just had a reasonably large... Po- oh, dear, I hadn't <laughs> seen that before. He did the, t- the Twitter equivalent of, Mum! Before realising there was no paper. Almost immediately, Virgin Trains tweeted back asking what carriage he was in. Gosh, would you know? A staff member on the London Euston to Glasgow service appeared outside the cubicle door soon after and handed over a roll. Uh, Adam said yesterday, I tweeted it for a laugh. Then I realised, oh, there actually is no paper. I never expected any help. Thinking back, if I hadn't tweeted, I could have been in a very sticky situation. Oh, well right, done. too much. Adam was on the... Can I just say, because there are some companies that get Twitter. Virgin Trains obviously get it. Well, Virgin is savvy, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, I've got to say, Pret uh, a Monge get it as well. I joked something um, uh, kind of humorously rude about them, and they responded using similar robust language. They got the joke, and they engaged in the joke. Do you know what? I find that Twitter is the fastest way to get something done these days. Totally. Than ringing up and sitting on a helpline, listening to green oh, yeah. sleeves. All, always, I always tweet a complaint, and someone comes back. And there are some companies that are very pompous about it and there are some like Virgin and like uh, Pret-a-Manger and a couple of others that West are pretty good yeah that get it that get it they reply in the same using the same language and the same joke and they sort it out excellent stuff 08459 555555 travel news for beds cards and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's looking very slow between Junction 24 for Potters Bar and 23 for the A1M after the breakdown earlier by the roundabout at Junction 23. On the M1 southbound, it's very slow from Junction 14, uh, 15 for Northampton to 14 for Milton Keynes after an accident. And on the M1 northbound, there are queues between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes as well through that stretch. In High Wycombe on the Marlow Road, that's looking very busy on the speed sensors into High Wycombe. And in Hartford on the A414 westbound, looking at the cameras, that's very busy now between the stands. Road at the Hartford turnoff and Ware Road. Having a look at the trains, and there are severe delays on the Piccadilly line if you're using that to get into London today. And East Coast are warning of possible delays this evening and tomorrow because of a storm in Scotland this evening. So passengers on East Coast services are advised to head north of Edinburgh today rather than tonight or tomorrow. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's 8.30. I'm Simon Oxley. Tesco is shutting its head office in Chessant in Hertfordshire next year and will move its base to Welling Garden City. The company is also shutting 43 stores and will close its final salary pension scheme. The French Prime Minister says several people have been arrested as part of the search for two men wanted in connection with the murder of 12 people in Paris yesterday. The suspects have been named as two brothers of Algerian origin who were known to the security services. And routine surgery could resume at Bedford Hospital next week following unprecedented demand on the service. Health bosses say the number of emergency admissions have increased by 25% since Christmas. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton resume League Two action this evening at home to fellow promotion hopeful Shrewsbury. It's fifth versus third at Kenilworth Road in front of the television cameras. Luton should welcome back Steve McNulty, Scott Griffiths and Nathan Doyle, who all missed the cup defeat at Cambridge, with new lone striker Jaden Stockley set to make his debut. Very excited. Um, I'm looking forward to the challenge of playing for such a big club. First and foremost is to uh, help this team uh, do well and continue their good form. And hopefully with that will come uh, goals and good performances. And I've got family from Luton, so I know what a big club it is. They've obviously given me the prep talk before I come here that, uh, not to let them down. So uh, that's something that I won't do and uh, I'll give my all for this club. And there's full commentary on Luton versus Shrewsbury in tonight's Three Counties Sport from Seven. Oldham could complete the signing of convicted rapist Ched Evans today, despite a backlash from some sponsors and a 60,000-strong petition. More from Ben Smith. What we do know now is that the Oldham board have agreed they want to sign Ched Evans. We also know they've agreed a contract with the player. But what we also know is that Oldham are attempting to push this through despite huge public opposition and economic pressures. Last night, it emerged that Clive Efford, MP, Labour's shadow sports minister, had written to the FA urging them to block Evans's return to football. So while Oldham hoped to wrap this deal up quickly, nothing can be taken for granted. And Wickham striker Aaron Holloway has signed an extension to his contract, keeping him at Adams Park until the end of the season. And Stuart Lewis has left the club to join Conference Southside Ebbsfleet. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, remind us what we're talking about, Catherine. Holding hands. (sighs) Holding hands. Yes. And someone suggested that you and I hold hands. Go on, then. I don't think anyone would. I mean, it wouldn't be How would that work? Um, you know I'm not a man, don't you? Who is it that, t- that sent this through? Because you've got very... Sh- you, uh, the thing is, it w- that would be unfair on me. Why? I'd have to do all the work. Why? You've got very short arms. Uh, so I would have to extend my arm more than is natural. Or you could lift me up. What about that? Um, what else are we talking about? I could go on your shoulders. I... Then I'd be adult height. <laughs> We're also talking about uh, the reason why we've not asked someone to come on and uh, from the Muslim community and uh, distance themselves oh, from the yeah. act in uh, Paris. No. And we are also talking about... Oh, the NHS, and Paul wants to talk to you about that. Oh, morning, Paul. Hi, Ian. Paul, what have you got for us? Well, firstly, I'm upset because you called me a dropout, you know, so... Yeah, I, uh, yes, <laughs> it, it, technically, I meant I, I have no idea about your lifestyle, although th- we can make assumptions. Yeah. Um, on the NHS, one of the things which we haven't seemed to talk about, which is pr- normally an annual thing, is staff illness. Because, you know, we all know people who've been sick oh, and off yeah. work, and nothing's been talked about in terms of uh, that side of things. Um, you know, we, we shouldn't be surprised when it's snowy and icy and everything. 
Um, and then also with the flu jab, I was reading that the flu jab had four elements to it this year, and one of them's mutated already, so part of the flu jab is it is totally ineffective. Well, the flu jab is, is only effective against the, that flu that you are being jabbed for. So if you get a different... If you get a cold... The flu jab won't stop that. And if you get a different strain of flu, well, the fl- I, I never quite understand the point of the flu jab. That doctor we spoke to well, yesterday said the epidemic they've been expecting hasn't come. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. And also, I don't. I, I have no idea. It'd be interesting to know, Paul, wouldn't it? What, how many um, uh, members of hospital staff are off sick? I know my father-in-law is a doctor. He never gets ill. It's amazing. He never gets ill, I and when it's he about does, exposure, isn't it? I, I don't know, but when he does, he, he, he gets. He had a really bad cold recently. Just ploughs straight through it. It's really odd. One passes it on to everyone else. Yeah, thanks, Doc. Yeah, thanks a lot, Doc. Um, do, do you have any idea how big the problem is with people being off sick, Paul? Um, I do know some nurses, and I do know that several of them have been off sick, and yeah. that's not through wanting to go to work either. No, no. Well, I, you know, they're, they're, they're working with people who got the lurgy all the time, so... Yeah, absolutely. You'd expect it. Paul, thank you very much indeed. I've had a text on this yeah, from T from Wellin. Isn't it a coincidence Morning, that the hospital admissions have gone up while supermarket sales have plummeted? More shoppers going um, into hospital. Uh, sorry? No, I think what? it's a joke. On a more serious note, I'm oh. an A&E nurse, and I agree. Some people do not need to be there. Part of it is lack of an emergency appointment at the GPs. As for me, the only way I can get an emergency appointment from a GP is if I tell them I'm a nurse, and that's wrong. How I would love to know because we've heard all this stuff um, uh, the last few days about how people are wasting A and E's time by turning up for things they don't need to. We haven't heard a figure, uh, and without a figure, part of me thinks, part of me is a little bit suspicious that that, that, that that's that you know that people are being. I, I don't quite. It's buy kind of it. pushing the responsibility onto the public, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Jane's on the line. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Ian. What have you got for us? Uh, I'm sorry if I sound like I'm shouting, but I've got the Bluetooth in the roof, so I have to raise my voice. (laughs) Um, You've got Bluetooth in the roof? Yeah, it's one of the new new cars that's got the microphone in the roof. It's it's better than... uh, You sound better than those silly little earphones that people wear. Oh, really? Okay, that's good then. Um, I'm phoning because I I was just so angry listening to uh, the lady called Colette. She works for the NHS at some... Colette Marshall, the Bedford Hospital's medical director we spoke to about 20 minutes ago, yeah. Does she have got any idea how difficult it is to get an appointment at a GP surgery, especially for over 80s or disabled people? Um, My mother is 81. And on a morning like this, she's got to go to surgery at 7.30 in the morning and line up outside until it opens just to get a damned appointment for the day. It just makes me so angry. Do you know, I can, I can tell, Jane. No, no, no I'm, I, I'm, I'm pleased that we, you can vent your anger at us. Uh, yeah, my surgery, if you want to get an emergency appointment, you have to phone up. But I've heard this more and more, that there are places where you have to go and stand outside. And that does seem... Absolutely ridiculous, doesn't it? Oh, Jane, I, I suggest you get a new roof. It, 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 the, the car has failed, but um, your point was made, and I think we got it. And it does seem incredible that you have to stand out. I have, for the kids, I've always been able to get an appointment on the day. Last time I needed an appointment on the day for me, I got one. I haven't always got one on the day. I use those walk-in, the drop-in centres, where you might have to queue for a couple of hours, but um, generally they're okay. 08459 455 555. Matt's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Matt. Morning. What have you got for us? 
Uh, basically, all this thing about this, um, what happened in Paris yesterday. Um, I just want to say there's been plenty of films out. Question one is, does anybody know what the prophet looks like? Question two is, anybody know what Jesus looks like? And the third point I want to make is, have you seen them films, Johnny English and Ali G in the House, etc.? No, I only watch. I try and only watch good films. Ah, okay. Well, they take the Mickey out of the Queen where she gets banged in the head and head butted, etc. Nobody made an issue about that. If narrow-minded people are doing these things, why should the rest of the world pick up on it, and why should we have to suffer? Well, yeah, the, the question as to why we should have to suffer because it, it, it is a, a valid one. Obviously, we shouldn't have to suffer. But there is no comparison between Christ, uh, Muhammad, and the Queen. That's, that, that's, a, that's a silly comparison, isn't it, man? Because uh, she's, it's a silly comparison. What I'm trying to say is it's like people respect the Queen. They know what she looks like, if you understand me. Yeah. Nobody knows what the prophet looked like. Nobody knows what Jesus looked like. Right. Uh, so what I'm trying to say is that people don't know what it looked like and people are making cartoons or drawing pictures of it. Yeah, but people, are, people, there is a, a standardised image of Jesus. He's a white fella. He probably wasn't. He's a white fella with long hair and a beard. There is a standardised image of Muhammad. When you see those images, you know who they're supposed to represent. So whether we know what they actually look like or not is irrelevant, isn't it? Yeah, it is irrelevant, but to narrow-minded people it's not, is it? Yeah, but you know in Islam you're not allowed to reproduce the image of the Prophet. Yes, we know that. Yeah. But at the same time, um, it's like, let's say, for instance, like in England here, uh, you had a debate about this woman from Luton who said um, she, she came on the radio, remember, and she, she wanted to be a jihadi. She didn't want to live in this country. Now, if people don't want to respect that faith, then leave the country, then why did you come here in the first place and cause trouble for us? Uh, I think she was born here. Yeah, that's, well, there's yeah. a lot of these people were, were born here. They're British citizens. Okay, but they're born and they don't like it. We'll pack your bags and go home then. Well, go home. Yeah, they are home. Y- yeah, where, where would home be? Uh, wherever they come from. Well, they come from here. So where would home be? Uh, say, like, the Muslim country is what they're talking what, about. What, what's, the, what's the Muslim country? There's one, you get Algeria, Saudi Arabia. But, but, what, but, but they don't come from there. Well, that's why I, I thought she came from Pakistan, Afghanistan. Yeah, but the, the, a lot of the, the people who are, uh, don't like it here, they, they were born here. Br- and listen, I agree, if you, if, if you don't like a country that you live in, then, then, then perhaps you should go. But, but saying they should go home, well, this is their home. Yeah, this is their home, but they shouldn't come and preach about they don't like it and they don't want to live here. Freedom of speech. So <laughs> yeah, you, want, you, want to curb, you want to curb the freedom of speech? There are certain things about this country uh, that I don't like, and I should be allowed to say I don't like them, shouldn't I? Correct, correct, yeah, freedom of speech, but you should have freedom of speech but not bring religion into it. Well, then that's not freedom of speech. It is freedom of speech because when you bring religion into it and you're practising to be a jihadi where you're hurting people, that's yeah. not freedom of but speech. But the practising, the, 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 the becoming a jihadi is, um, it, it is not part of that religion. Well, that's how it came across to everyone who was listening to radio that day, I think. <laughs> all of us in work thought that. Well, all, all who thought that, sorry, Matt? Where we work, we all thought that. Well, th- that 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 is probably your problem, but not theirs, because it, it, that isn't that is, and I can use this word legitimately. That's a bastardisation of yeah. Islam. That's not real Islam. That's correct. This is this is so, what I'm trying to say. No, I, but that's what I'm saying, and then you're saying that you didn't realise that. No, we did not realise that. You just made it clear to us. Excellent, Matt. Well, I'm glad to be of service. I think we did make it clear because we played that clip and then we had loads of people talking well, about it. If we hadn't made it clear then, we've made it clear now and Matt will go to work and he will tell all of the people at work that they were wrong and that, then that's fine. Um, yeah. Good. Okay. Uh, that's that sorted. Then. I'm glad we've sorted that out. Billy Crush! Hello there! Hello, Billy! 
Langley. The mystery of Abbott's Langley grows stronger every time. We've not heard of you from ages. How are you doing, fella? Oh, yes, I'm uh, I'm lucky. I'm very good. Very good. Thank you very much. 94, as you know. Yes, you sound younger every time we speak. Oh, well, there we are. What is, is, there a, is there a picture in your attic of a very old William Crush? Oh, yes. Yes, I thought there might be. What you got for us, Bill? Well, I, I, I uh, uh, keep on hearing on the telly and the wireless uh, about uh, this uh, uh, um, oh, national health uh, business, you Service, know. the NHB, uh, yes. I, I must, uh, uh, again, commend uh, how, uh, how I was impressed with the service I got from Watford General Hospital when yeah. I went there. I know it was a year ago, but I feel I must sort of mention it again. The wine, wine house surgery, I went for a vascular check, just yeah. check it up again. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in I went to, um, they said my blood pressure was low, my heartbeat was, was uh, very low. Um, Ambulance came straight to Watford Hospital. Uh, and, Did they uh, manage to save your life, Billy? Pardon? Did they manage to save your life? Oh, say, uh, well, yeah, it was perfect. Beautiful. And, uh, <laughs> well, yes, uh, the, the ambulances passed by my my door every day, and but it was my turn then, and they uh, the ambulance came within all oh, quarter of an hour, I suppose, and off I went to what for general uh, um, oxygen mask and all that and I, Billy I have to agree all of my um, de- I've had far too many dealings with the NHS in the last uh, three or four years and all of them most of them have been excellent most of them have been excellent they do a cracking job don't they Bill well, I should think they do. And these people, you see, from from all over the world, yep. uh, who, who, who uh, look after you now, yep. without them, I don't know what we would do. Exactly. Billy, thank you very much indeed. Always a pleasure. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, there was a breakdown earlier at Junction 24 for Potters Bar, between Junction 24 for Potters Bar and 23 for the A1M. It's still very slow through that stretch. And also clockwise, it was briefly stopped while some debris was cleared from the road between Junction 25 for Enfield and 26 Waltham Abbey. And all the lanes have been reopened, but it's looking very slow through there at the moment. On the M1 southbound, there are queues from Junction 16 for Daventry to Junction 14 for Milton Keynes after an accident earlier. And on the A1M southbound, that's looking very slow on the speed sensors between Junction 8 for Hitchin and seven for Stevenage. Having a look at the cameras on the A1 southbound around the Black Cat roundabout, that's looking quite busy at the moment. And in Wadston, on the A41 eastbound, it's very slow between Warmstone Lane and Dickens Way at the Cottonwheel roundabout in Aylesbury. And uh, having a look at the trains, if you're heading into London, there's minor delays on the Piccadilly line and East Coast, a warning of possible delays this evening and tomorrow because of a storm in Scotland. So passengers heading north of Edinburgh are advised to travel today instead of tonight or tomorrow. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 
8.46, it's Thursday the 8th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tesco is shutting its head office in Chesson next year and will move its base to Welling Garden City. The company is also shutting 43 stores. The French Prime Minister says several people have been arrested as part of the search for two men wanted in connection with the murder of 12 people in Paris yesterday. And routine surgery could resume at Bedford Hospital next week following unprecedented demand on the service. Coming up, we'll take some of your calls and texts, but before that, let's get the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, and a mild morning it is as well as our temperatures peak for the day at about 10, 11 degrees. By this afternoon, we're closer to 7 or 8 degrees as they start to uh, drift down. Uh, the rain that we've got at the moment is going to be clearing to the east by about lunchtime, and then we'll be left with some sunny spells in the afternoon. And the winds from last night ease through the day, but pick up again tonight, so quite a blustery night ahead of us. We've got uh, rain coming through again, but moving quite quickly with the force of the wind in the early hours, so we shouldn't see that tomorrow morning. Temperatures down to 5 degrees Celsius and tomorrow we start off with some sunny spells. Still quite a windy day with some patchy rain in the afternoon and cloud in between. Uh, temperatures up to 12 degrees Celsius. They're very mild indeed. We may even get above that more locally. So it's a windy, wet but mild night on Friday night. A cloudy, drizzly start to Saturday. Brightening up later on but still pretty blustery. Uh, Sunday we've got some sunny spells along with that breeze and then a wet and windy Monday. That's your latest forecast. Did you know you can get in touch with BBC Three Counties Radio wherever you are via Twitter at BBC3CR. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash BBC3CR. Call us on 08459 455 555. Or text us on 81333 and start your message with 3CR. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, just to say that there uh, a couple of people have alerted this to me on Twitter. There is, and I've just checked and there is, there is another shooting in Paris. No. Yeah, just uh, Stephen Pierce has just told me that he's watching the news channel, uh, and then I've because I, I read about this about fifteen minutes ago, and I couldn't find anything. Uh, but BBC Breaking News is saying there's a shooting south of Paris with one police officer injured. Police say no known link to Charlie Hebdo. So we shall have uh, an update on that uh, as the day progresses, and uh, let's see what happens. Right, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, Justin, I forgot we sent you out on this. Mm. You Hang on, what are you doing in here? Well, my Woody is not working. Okay, that's it's, a shame. Um, yeah, the battery on the Woody's Can not I quite help? working. Well, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. I, I, I shall put that in the hands of our engineer. Excellent. And I'm hoping by Christmas two thousand and fifteen, it might be fixed. Those words came from Justin Dealey. From Justin Dealey. <laughs> I'm I've joking. Got, no, I've got to be careful because um, uh, um, uh, Mr. Travers, who does does do an excellent job, mm. comes in for a lot of stick but does a cracking job. He got called in two days in a row on his Christmas holiday because yeah. some idiot spilt um, honey and lemon all over the the desk. The shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, cough. Ah. I need some of that honey and lemon. Yeah, it was. And, and, Can I come and, and stock your desk? I owe, I owe Mark Travers a bottle <laughs> of something nice. Radio Anoraks will love this one, but yeah. uh, you could get a, a bottle of water, pour it into that desk, and there'll be absolutely no problems at all. But Sorry. let's it's, try it. No, it's, it's the sugar. It's the sugar. Sugar's 
contamination. Which messes up the desk. Yep. It's facts, not fiction. Okay. I, I, I don't think you could pour water in here. No, you could. Well, ask all him, the wires get Mark stuff. Travers down Guys, tomorrow no, for no, Travers no, Corner no. and ask him the questions that people well, want the answers I owe to. I Mark a, a sincere apology for um, getting him in two days in a row on his holiday and a big thank you. So thank you, Mark. I know there will be uh, a little something in your pigeonhole <laughs> at some point. Now, uh, listen, we sent you out on this and I t- yeah. completely forgot. It, it, it's uh, an advert advertising... A taxi company, and it's caused a furore. Yeah, page 21 of the Daily Mail. Um, taxi ad driving women crazy. Um, how can I put this? It's um, a picture of a, a larger lady, and it's encouraging men not to drink drive. So it says, if I start to look sexy, book a taxi. Yeah. And a picture of this lady kind of licking her finger. She's a big girl, and yeah. she's licking her finger provocatively. It's, um, it's a bit much. Um, so what we need is a bit of this. Ladies in the house. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies' perspective with Ian Lee across beds, hearts, and bucks. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. So, Senior, you've seen that advert in the Daily Mail there. Um, how can I put this? A larger lady. Um, if I start to look sexy, book a taxi. What do you think about that? Is that fattest or is that funny? It's very sizist, it's very offensive, it is not funny. Not in the slightest? No. I mean, looking at that now, your face has completely turned. You're actually quite angry about this. It's very offensive to larger ladies, and this is what's wrong. They're wondering why you've got so many girls that are anorexic, bulimic. That's the sort of thing that drives them to it. Because they feel that if they're larger, they're worthless, and that is promoting that image. Very interesting. Tina, thank you very much. Okay, you're welcome. What do you think about this advert? You're seeing it there uh, as a lady. Are you unhappy about that? Yes, I am. Um, It's basically saying that if she's starting to look sexy after a few drinks, get yourself a taxi. It's not very nice, is it? Why does someone have to look sexy after a few drinks? So you don't find it funny in the slightest. And you're not large, are you, either? No, I'm not large, no. And I don't find it funny. I think it's rude. I do think it's rude. I think if you're offended by it, you need to... Look at yourself, but it's not not the nicest of things. Yeah. I mean, are they going to do one with an ugly man? Well, they did do one yeah. with an ugly man. They did. Um, that man, by the way, was a 1970s man dressed in disco clothes. Yeah. So very much like the village people. The thing is, right, and I'm going to draw a comparison with Charlie Hebdo. I'm going to a little bit, because I think there is a comparison with what happened yesterday, in as much as... People will think this is being flippant, I don't care. In as much as uh, we're talking about freedom of speech, we're talking about the uh, the right to print stuff, even if, if it's offensive, yeah. well, the taxi company have the right to print that poster. This is what we're arguing about Charlie Hebdo. They had the right to print those pictures without reprisals. The, and people have the right to be offended. There you go. Yep, yep. there you go. I think you also have the right to choose not to use those taxis if you're that bothered. Oh, yep. Exactly my point. I was going to say that they're taking a risk with an advert like this because that is, for me, looking at that this morning, that is a highly offensive advert. And I think if I was a lady using those taxi companies, yep. I probably wouldn't use them again. Just my personal view. Were you listening to the show earlier on? Uh, what, about 7.25? What, when a certain biggest came and went, hello, me old China. Yeah, well, what's Daly been up to? He's doing no work. I was absolutely furious, to be honest with you. Well, you genuinely are. I'm f- yeah, probably the hardest working man here. And I get people like that you on were, the phone. He, Biggers claimed that he drove past uh, Three Counties Radio and saw you outside um, in the blind spot so we couldn't see you on the cameras mm-hmm. having a cheeky growler. Yep. I smoke. 
What's the beef? Well, say hello to Biggers. Hello, Biggers. Uh, hello, mate. How you doing, old China? All right, there, Shan. How's it going, Goozer? Yeah, I've got too bad, fella. Where, where are you? Where's the dealie? I'm here, Biggers. I'm talking to you uh, right mate, now. I've just, hold on, I've just got to do this for you. Right, I've just put my fingers up, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Biggers, I heard your comments. I heard your comments earlier on. You being a Hemel man, you yeah. should be backing me up. I am the hardest working man at this radio station. Deal with it, all right, Biggers? I'll tell you what, mate. It's, 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 what it was is that it was the, the timing. As soon as I drove, I mean, you know what the, the car park's like at the back and the road down the side? Yeah. There's only like two or three seconds you can drive past at a reasonable speed and see what's happening in the car park. Right. As soon as I drove past, you were lighting one up. Hey, what's wrong with that? Hey, what's wrong with that? And B, why are you stalking me, Biggers? I'm not stalking you, mate. Sounds like you I are. I see you out and about. I drive a lot, you see, so I see you out and about a lot, mate. It does, well, yeah, it does sound a little bit like stalking, Biggers. Uh, yeah. Well, he's a handsome fellow, isn't he? You, oh, here we go. Here we I go. I the ladies love him, don't they? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, so, Biggers, listen, uh, uh, can we end this peacefully? Because I don't want any beef uh, between... No problem. No problem <laughs> shake, shake hands. Right, they're shaking. They're going up and down. Biggers, it's gone. Thank All you very much. Right, cheers, bye. Cheers, Thank bye. you, Biggers. Oh. There we go. I'm glad about that. No beef? Yeah, no, no beef now. Right. We, can, we can move on. Can, I, can we move on? Yeah, we can. Get out of my studio. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Out. Take care. Happy New Year. Oh, you're <laughs> such a... I nearly swore then. Isn't he? Oh, he really is. Do you want to see my text? Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah, sorry. I forgot you've got loads of texts. Let's do those. Jonathan St Albans. This is on the subject of you and... Uh, uh, Justin holding hands through the streets of Luton. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jonathan St Albans, I was chatting with someone yesterday about people who fall asleep on your shoulders on the train. No one ever wakes them up. You just sit there looking uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. That's weird, isn't it? I don't like overhang at all. No. Especially if it's unconscious overhang. I'll play Leg Wars. Oh, I've indulged in leg wars on the tube. And yes. you sit down and some fella's got his legs wide open, so he's, uh, everything's on display, and he's taken up my space. Is it New York where they've put signs up to stop that yeah. spreading? Because I don't want to look at that, but also... I don't want to be caught in the middle of it. Close your leg. So I will, I will, uh, I'll give him a push. It's when they do that and then they get the big paper out. I had a fella, uh, I had to, uh, I went, you know I'm going for a steam, okay, and where I go a for thing. a steam, steam, a thing. there's only, uh, there's one shower for this little bit, so there's one shower, and there was a fella. Well, you all in together, like, games no, no, at no, school? No, no, it's, no, it's just like one shower cubicle for oh. the steam bit, because not many you. people use it. And as I was waiting to go in for the steam, there was this fella, it was a very odd colour, okay, and he was very strange. Justin. <laughs> you know, it's, it's similar. And he was mixing up a paste in a bowl in this tiny little changing room, right? Oh. And he started saying something to me, and I don't know what he said, I wasn't really interested. Uh, and he was mixing up this paste, and then he started applying it to his face. Face pack? Well, no, it was like, it was a paint. Right, so I went and had the steam, and I came back, and he's in the shower. Right, okay, all right, fine, I'll wait. So I, 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 you could see I was there, because it was an opaque shower door. And he's in, the sh- he's in this shower, right? And the shower's on a timer, so you get four minutes, then it stops. Mm-hmm. So the four minutes goes, and it stops. And then he stood in the shower cubicle, without the shower, applying this paste all over his body. Oh. So I don't know if it's like a tan or it's a... Been- to- I don't know what it was. Right, and I'm there... I'm there for nine minutes, right? And I'm thinking, I'm going to... Did you say- cough? Did you go... <clears throat> I did the cough... And, I, and he knows I'm there. He can see me. And I went, sorry, boss, are, are you going to be much longer? And he stared at me through the opaque doorway. <laughs> Didn't move, stared at me. Then slowly started applying the paste and then put the shower on again. 
Oh. It was weird. It was a weird tense that I felt you don't so. Don't want an angry tan. No, I knew. I, I went in the shower. I was only in the shower for forty-five seconds. In and out. I just wanted to get the sweat off me. me, me okay, naked yeah, we, body. We know. Any other texts? Yeah, before Paul we and go? Milton Keynes. If yes. we stop expressing our freedom due to an act of terror, then they have won. That's Paul and Milton Keynes. And this one, I think, which is a good one to end on. Alia in Toddington says, "Yoo-hoo! I'm a moderate Muslim. I condemn the attacks in Paris. Satisfied? Everybody happy now, guys." Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there was an accident earlier just before Junction 24 for Potter's Bar, and that was, uh, that's causing it to be very slow from Junction 23 for Southmans, although that's looking like it's easing off at the moment. Also, clockwise, it was looking very slow from Junction 26 for Mabby to 25 for Enfield, but that's looking like it's getting a lot better now. On the M1 southbound, there was an accident just before Junction 14 for Milton Keynes, and uh, that's causing queues still from Junction 16 for Daventry. In Waterton, on the speed sensors, the A41 eastbound is very slow between the Warmston Lane and the Cottonwheel Roundabout and in Aylesbury on Friar Ridge Road it's looking very slow between the Oxford Road Roundabout and the Walton Street Roundabout Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Samantha Don't forget a couple of new things tomorrow Vinyl Friday, so all the music you hear will come from records, I'm looking forward to that and between 7.30 and 8 if you turn up at BBC Three Counties Radio Hastings Street Luton you can come in and sit in the studio and be part of the show not quite sure what that means or what that will entail. It just us, be us having a chat, really. Is anybody going to turn up? We'll, we'll find out tomorrow. Thank you, Catherine, Justin and Kelly. Until tomorrow at six, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, after the tragic events in Paris, should the press be more careful?